the Popcorn Boys, and we're coming in hot. We are coming at you live from Culver City, California. I'm Kyle Jamison. With me is Daniel Trainer. And Daniel, yeah. Have you ever read a listicle? <laughs> oh, the hours I used to spend on BuzzFeed. <laughs> the 43 saddest moments from a walk to remember. <laughs> I'd be crying at my desk. Why were the numbers never uh, round? Never round numbers. Never a round number. Well, you, I mean, you know my round number thing with volume. I appreciate a round number. Oh, I love to mess up the that the round number on volume. No, please. If you're vo- if you're watching a TV, the volume has to be at a multiple of five. If it's not, you are not correct in the head. Nothing better than taking Daniel's remote and putting the volume up to thirty-seven. Oh, <laughs> recoiling. Oh, it's great times. Absolutely not. I love. It. I mean, I a list is my favorite thing in the world. Well, I'm not going to make a list of my favorite lists. Well, you are in luck, my friend. Because today, this week, on the Popcorn Boys... Dun dun. We will be listing 40 things? Oh no, this is going to take forever. Oh wow, we are. Not as much as the draft, though. Yeah, that's true, that's true. We drafted 40 That episode things. was only three hours. <laughs> so, we are each going to be unveiling yeah. our top 10 performances of the 2021 year and our top 10 movies of the 2021 year correct now that we are in january of 2022 yeah i mean we last week's episode we talked about the box office draft sort of being the the sort of core being of this podcast and i do think that it is true but this week is really about looking back at the past year uh and sort of contextualizing all of it. I mean, this is big. All that which we saw. Is that from Macbeth? Ooh. No. I mean, any. you could say anything. I would assume it's from Macbeth. He <laughs> who horth knocketh, eth the darketh of them Oh. Yeah, I don't think you'd be cast in Macbeth. Oh, absolutely not. Loved the film. Loved the film. All right, before we get into those... Lists. Yeah, this is well. Th- this is big. It, yeah, so we're doing our year end stuff, but also this is a this is a hot, hot, hot moment. Jam packed moment. Jam packed. There's we, so much it's, going it's, on. Worlds are colliding. They really are. I mean, in, things are happening in more in, ways in, than one. Yeah. Sorry. Get to it. I, 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 all right. Let's start here. <clears throat> As we begin every episode with the 2021 box office challenge update, <sighs> we'll be brief this week. Spider Man and Sing Two. Are still cranking along. My two arch nemeses. <laughs> a few of our other movies are inching along, running out of steam quickly. Oh, interesting. What? My House of Gucci crossed fifty million dollars. Sure. A late round pick. A late round pick. Congratulations! That might win the draft. Congratulations! A late round pick that might win the draft. But yeah, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Is that for Macbeth? <laughs> the current standings. The the difference. Is within one hundred million dollars now. <clears throat> Daniel, of course, still in first place. Thank you for saying. With one billion eight hundred fifty-four million dollars, he's probably not going to make much more than five million more. Ooh, being generous. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> Come on, the king's man. In second place, Kyle, one billion seven hundred fifty-nine million. So it's what 
That's, like 95? Uh, about 95 million. 95 difference. mil? Spider-Man has reached 673 million at the domestic box office. Wow. Sing 2 is up over, I believe it's at 110 million. And I know I do joke about this a lot, but Sing 2, in all reality, is available to watch at home. So please, <laughs> please go do that right now. Oh, all of my, all of my little kiddos listening. Look, Big mommy and daddy. There to is... watch it at home. No, no. Risk, risk going to the theaters. Can you risk imagine... It. Risking a child's life. No risk it, no biscuit. If you're trying to see, what were those Reese tweets the Who's other day? Who's texting you? Uh, Pete Thamel got hired by ESPN. He's college college football reporter. That's not important. Well, you what asked, is more important? Yes, what the text I was getting were. Is it from him? Yeah, Pete texts me. Yes. Listen, your texts about who ESPN hired are not more important than the box office of... You were the one distracted by it. I was ready to plow through. I was ready for an answer if it mattered. Well, you should have made that clear. No, so you didn't say who. Don't worry about it. Friends. Friends of the podcast. DJ. No. Reagan. Yes. Goldblatt. Yes. Okay, there you go. A text thread I've never been included in. Nor wouldn't you be. Much like... (laughs) Fantasy Football League. <laughs> well, I mean, we don't need to go into that. But... All right, so that is the 2021 I'm box never office. included in text threads, which, thank God, a text thread is insane. Why? S- stop talking to me. What? Stop talking to me. I text you all the time. That's fine. What You and I together, that's fine. That's one thing. But to be in a thread with multiple people... That is so overwhelming. No, it's great. Does your thread have a little name? No. Okay. Maybe I should name it, though. I mean, if you have a text thread, it should have a name. <laughs> All right. Well, you're... You Never are... been asked. Never been asked. You're... What, what's the if word? If anyone wants you're... to invite me to a text thread, I would love the invite. I will not join, but I would love the invite. See, text threads, you it's not a thing where you join. You just get texted by a group of people. Well, yeah, but I would immediately erase myself from it. Hmm. You can do that, right? You can. Yeah, I think you can leave. Hey, Siri, leave. Yeah. Hey, Siri, leave. Oh, Siri is talking to me on my computer now. (laughs) All right. Hey, Siri, do you like the popcorn boys? Oh, she's taking it out. Okay. Let me. Okay. This is what I found on Wikipedia. Shut up. All right, so Kyle's within $100 million. Why the third person of it all? Uh, the audience needs to know when we're talking when we're talking about the contest. We don't sound alike. Meanwhile, the 2022 box office challenge draft. Ah! Oh, my God. That we... Yes, that was echoing everywhere because it was no. piercingly loud. Well, I thought I did loud. close the door. You did close the door. That's what I'm saying, but I heard it outside. That's how... God, my voice is so strong. Okay, I'm about to go home. Please do. <laughs> this podcast would be so much better if it was just me. Oh yeah, that's that's what the people want to hear. You you're fucking rambling along, but nothing. Um, my text. Threads. I wonder how long I could. I bet I could record a ten hour episode. You go alone. solo pod. That's kind of my life. When you think about it, my life is really a solo podcast episode. You know, yeah, I'm just true. talking to myself. I'm muttering along. Oh god. Oh god. Oh. 
So the 2022 box office challenge really kicks off. Uh, I was going to say in earnest, but it it's not really in earnest. It's in it's actuality. kicking off, yeah. Uh, this weekend, because our first draft pick um, comes out this weekend. Not our first overall draft pick, but sure. the first movie that we drafted uh, hits the box office this weekend. It is Scream. That's why I screamed earlier. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I don't know if we've discussed this, but an insane title. Oh, I... I don't have enough time. It's just called Scream. Please, I, I will the no, first please, one. No, 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 no. I will get mad. I we we have to move on because are they I just gonna call? Spend, if, are they just gonna call Fast Ten the Fast and the Furious? Well, That's it. Just obviously not. I, listen, I can't talk about that because it makes me so mad. I could. I, I'm starting. But what other big sequel are? Uh, they're just going to call, uh, instead of Jurassic World Dominion, they're just going to call it Jurassic Park. Well, that'd be better. It actually would. Jurassic World Dominion is a terrible What place. is Dominion? Don't you love these? Okay. Oh, God. Who got hired now? <laughs> Did Mina Kimes get fired? Uh, No, it's about the Memphis Grizzlies uniforms. Oh, that story's so lame. John Morant listens to this podcast. Did you know that? Kids 12 and under can exchange any old opposing player NBA jersey for a new John Morant or Jaron Jackson Jr. replica jersey and two tickets to the game. Go green. Oh, Grizzlies. Go Spartan green. dog. Cool stuff. JJJ, yeah, Spartan, JJ. Spartan dog. Of All course. right. Um, anyway, so this year's, this upcoming year's box office challenge is kicking off with Scream. And we also had big news. <laughs> the 18th overall pick in the draft Turning red, yeah, on Team Kyle, uh-huh. the Pixar flick, was inexplicably and preposterously removed <laughs> from a theatrical release, and is going straight <laughs> to Disney Plus. In the worst news I've ever heard. So already, already, already losing. You're gonna be in like a and I'm dipping gonna say, into my backup. You know what I'm gonna already. say? You can play this back next week if it's if it's not true. You're already in a forty million dollar hole. Forty million. Uh huh. You you think it's gonna open to forty, or you think by midweek oh, next no, week? No. I said by next week. Oh, when we record. sorry, sure. Uh, we'll say by by next record. I'm at forty. By next record screen, I'm up forty. No Possibly. Doubt. Do you understand the hold Nev Campbell has on oh. society? So many movies this year. Okay. Are like. The, you know, a certain number in a franchise, but they're bringing all the original cast members back. They Spider Man, hello. They they saw what Spider Man did, and they did make all these movies in the last three weeks. <laughs> okay. What else? Jurassic, oh, whatever. Sure. Jurassic World, Dominion. Uh, Is there another one? No, there's a few more. Thinking, thinking, thinking. Let me. Uh, well, it's reboot culture. Yeah. But just that interesting extra element of of, I today was the first time I think ever I saw some tweet that like it was like NBC is rebooting so and so, and I was like, I've never heard of it. <laughs> They're rebooting a, reboot? a show I've never heard of. I thought there were a few more. I think there yeah. are. There probably they don't are. seem to be on our draft list though. Does Jackass like, Forever count? <laughs> I hope so. Anyway. 
$100 million difference, $95 million difference in 2021. We're about to start 2022. That is your box office update for the week. Thank you. Now, we have some news to discuss. We sure do. In uh, It is awards season. Yeah, perhaps you've heard. Uh, we're still, I think, nine months away from the Oscars. <laughs> but it's really... The races are taking shape. As they say. So we begin. And those shapes, those shapes are getting more confusing while they're done. Those we, shapes are a parallelogram. Those shapes are water. Okay, good one. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will run. I will now run through the Golden Globe winners. The disgraced Golden Globe winners. You will run through them just like they did on Twitter. You may not have caught the Golden Globes on uh, NBC this year because <laughs> it didn't happen. But they did, in fact, send out a press release or something. Sure. Uh, real quick, the winners, Best Motion, motion Picture Drama, The Power of the Dog. <laughs> Best Motion Picture Musical or Comedy, West Side Story. Maria. Uh, Best Actor Drama, Will Smith. Best Actress Drama, Whoosh. Yeah, Will Smith and King Richard. Uh, actress Drama, Nicole Kidman and Being the Car- Ricardos. Ricky. Musical or Comedy, we had Andrew Garfield and Tick, Tick, Boom. And aye, aye, Rachel ah. Zegler in West Side Story. Aye. Supporting performances, we had Cody Smith. Is it Smith? Smith. Smith. I always thought it was Smith, but now I'm realizing there's no H. You were just realizing that, and you host a movie podcast where we're talking about the Cody okay. Smith McPhee. I'm going to kill you. The Power of the Dog. And Ariana DeBose in West Side Story. Hey! These are getting worse. <laughs> they were never good either. So. Oh, how dare you. And finally, Best Director, we had Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. Wow. And Women! Screenplay went to Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Aye, governor. Are there any takeaways for the Golden Globes this year? No. It doesn't seem like it. Uh, I mean, stuff no. won great, but like the Golden Globes are never entirely taken seriously anyway. Really, the only impact I feel like they have on awards season is... is People seeing, like, the acceptance speeches. Correct. And it's, being, and being yes. like, do I want to hear from them again or no? <laughs> it's the narrative of it all. And I think the Globe. I actually think the Globes can sort of hurt somebody in a sense, really more than they can help if there's, like, a clear front runner or something. And all season we have to hear them give speech after right. speech after speech. It's kind of boring after a while. We don't have that this year. Like, we are – so we're going to talk about the the – SAG nominations here in a second, but like those will, in essence, like the Critics' Choice Awards, which are like huge joke, but those got moved. Like everything is in flux. Like we haven't really seen a speech from anybody yet. No, we we definitely um, and it's so it's interesting that that plays. I think it's in, making it more fun. I think so too. I mean, the Golden Globes are delightful every year. Oh, they're the they're the best. I mean, they're just the best. But to not have like yeah you know whatever favorite to not have to hear them four times yeah on a bit like because there are obviously like the sags are airing on tnt i believe they usually are i do i believe they do with simulcast on tnt and tbs oh wow big big night for turner we're gonna whoa we'll do a live reaction pod after of course but uh the golden globes were the like Audience-wise, was the second biggest award yeah. show. And I think, and I actually, you know, I have no facts in front of me to confirm this, but I think that the Globes have actually done a decent job in maintaining their audience mm. in terms of, like, right, right. they don't drop like a fucking crater. Like, like drop awesome. like a crater. 
do craters. Drop crater. They didn't drop into a crater. So to drop, what is a crater? A... So the ratings didn't. They don't drop like crazy. Uh, like the Oscars, where you know every year the Oscar narrative, of course, is like the Oscar ratings were Panic. down thirty-five percent from last year, and it's like, well, yeah, of course. But um, the Globes at least maintain some mystique around them. Of course, it also has to do with the fact that they also reward TV and they love celebrities and it just becomes this huge like celeb schmooze fest. But it's fun. Like if you know what the Globes are, which is uh, early, it's what they used to be, which is uh, insane and stupid and irrelevant, then they're so much fun. Right. You know? Exactly. Uh, and speaking of insane and stupid and irrelevant, oh, it's the SAG Award okay. nominations. Hold on, the <laughs> now SAG is important because as uh, the only fact that anyone ever says about the SAG Awards in in their relation to the Oscars is that of course the Screen Actors Guild is the largest voting body in the in the Film Academy, and actors is the most important job in the world. Yes, of actors is the most important job in the world. Actors, is, actors yes. is the most important job. So what, Daniel? All right, were the takeaways from the SAG award nomination? Well, man, I, I, where to begin? So I think there's one giant standout takeaway. Yeah, we can start there if you'd like. And and the big standout takeaway is the fact that I think, at least going into the nominations, our best actress frontrunner, Kristen Stewart. Uh, was snubbed. And people love to throw around the word snubbed when it comes to <laughs> awards nominations. The this is maybe one of the only instances where it actually is applicable, I think. Um, sure, but when you're saying snub, sure. there you have to understand there's limited number of spaces here. So you have to say, sure. if you, uh, Kristen Stewart got snubbed, then you then have to follow that up with, because she should have been nominated over blank, blank, or blank. Okay, I could do blank, or blank, or blank, or blank, or blank. Sure. That's actually... But all no, I that's want, actually not true. All I want when over someone four. says something is snubbed is to back it up with... Because it's you're, ridiculous that that person got in. You're misreading... I think you're misunderstanding the word snubbed. That's... What? Snub... Of course I understand what you're saying, but when people use the word snubbed, they're being annoying. I don't <laughs> Yeah, of course. But it's not it's it doesn't have anything to do with whether or not it was deserved. That's pre oh! precisely what it means, but continue. Yeah, but I mean, again, if we're talking about award season, none of this stuff is based on who deserves it. It's it's all based on sure. everything else. Okay. But like Fair. it's snubbed is in a She's been showing up everywhere. Expected she's been, she's been versus campaigning. deserving. Is that what you're saying? Expected over deserved, I suppose. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. So, so the best actress nominees at SAG were Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Lady Gaga for House of Gucci, Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos, and Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter. Um, oh, did I say Jennifer Hudson? I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Jessica Chastain, Jennifer Hudson, Lady Gaga, Nicole Kidman, Olivia Coleman. What this means for Kristen Stewart, I think, uh, essentially, is that she's 
probably not winning the Oscar. Right. It's exceedingly rare going into to not get nominated at SAG and then win the Oscar. In uh, that it has it has happened. Regina King did it a couple of years ago in supporting for uh, if Bill Street could talk, but it it happens. But Kristen Stewart felt like she Kristen Stewart is not Regina King, and I think there's been this narrative building that like Kristen Stewart is not going to quite have the respect from the industry that she needs in order to win a best actress oscar which tend to means that she's you know not not gonna play the game not gonna play the game but i think more than that i do triple h style (laughs) it's all about the game and how you play (laughs) um so it's interesting. It's all about the what what does what does this mean though for the best actress Oscar is anybody's guess. I have absolutely no idea who and the front runner is for the for best actress. And and to say that, I mean there there's no more titulating sentence that I could ever say. I don't <laughs> know who the front runner for best actress. I mean what a time to be alive. Sure. You were going to say something? Uh, no, I was just looking at these nominees wondering who the front runner might be. I mean, I really you, can, know. you can make a case for anybody but Jennifer Hudson, I think, who is sort of a classic SAG nominee. Um, could this be – I mean, I guess you there's You can make a case that Jessica Chastain is the front runner? That feels, think, that feels like a stretch. I don't think it is. I mean, she's getting in everywhere. She's getting it everywhere. Yeah, but that's not happening. She's not winning. I, I, don't, right now. I don't know that. I'm firing well, up so the video. Is? I'm firing up the video. No, please. A video? I haven't showered. I drove. I'm, I'm taking oh. it up myself because I'm making a hot take. You heard it here first. You didn't do anything with the last video. All in the popcorn, boys. Jessica Chastain will not win <laughs> Best Actress. <laughs> That's it. That's all we got. Send that to me now. Um, do I think that Jessica Chastain is winning Best Actress? No. But who do I think is the front runner? I, is it Nicole Kidman? It kind of seems like it might be. Is it? Is Olivia Coleman going to strike again at the last minute like she did when she won her first one? Is Lady Gaga going? Like it's. I think it's, it's also. I think it's Kidman and Gaga. I'm also not. Con- I'm also not convinced that Kristen Stewart is dead. Like if she gets oh, in an Oscar, either. it's it's a fascin it's a fascinating race. Right, but the the playing field has been. It's fascinating. Very leveled here um, across the board. All right, what were the other SAG takeaways? Because that was really the only one that jumped out to me as like. Well, Whoa, okay, holy so shit. if we do actor, let's do Best Actor where. Uh, here were your nominees. Benedict Cumberbatch, The Power of the Dog, Will Smith, King Richard, Denzel Washington, The Tragedy of Macbeth, Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom. Those, So those are four of the five who got in. Those four feel essentially locked and loaded for Oscar. Right. The fifth spot is wildly up in the air, and SAG, unfortunately, went with Javier Bardem, in being the Ricardos, a performance that I have said on this podcast is bad. Uh, I think it's great, but he's go on. It, it's okay. Well, that's Javier Bardem was the best part of being the Ricardos. Okay, well, that's you're done talking about that. Uh, so essentially, him getting in makes him a 
threat for the Oscar nomination, of course. I think that that final, that, that fifth spot is essentially between him, Leo for Don't Look Up, Peter Dinklage for Cyrano, although it feels like he kind of maybe needed this to get Cyrano in. Cyrano de Bergerac? And then Nicholas Cage. How many times have I seen the Cyrano trailer at the Landmark now? Oh. I think that's my most viewed trailer of the year. No. Well, I have seen it a lot. Every time. I mean, certainly the most viewed... The last ten movies I've seen. I mean, certainly the most viewed trailer for a movie you haven't seen. I think I've seen that trailer more than any other trailer. Really? It's always... Always... Yeah. I can't... Yeah. At least the last ten times I've... So, Bardem in this lineup is the one that's a little bit of a surprise. Like, I... I had those four, and then I I had predicted Leonardo DiCaprio for that spot. Um, So Bardem getting in is a bit of a surprise, and then we'll see what that means for Oscar. Yeah. Uh, The supporting – so let's do supporting actress. Again, here, we sort of have four of the relative consensus five for best supporting actress at the Oscars, those being – Katrina Belf for Belfast, Ruth Nega for Passing, Kirsten Dunst, The Power of the Dog – Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, and then the surprising nomination supporting is Kate Blanchett for Nightmare Alley, right? Um, who takes Anjanae Ellis's place for King Richard, which is pretty surprising. Anjanae got the nomination at the Golden Globes. Yes, and I think has been uh, certainly I think thought of at least in the top two or three contenders, and we'll get into why her snub here. Here we go. Sing snob. Makes even less sense in a in a second. Uh her missing is surprising. Kate getting in, um I like wait, you just saw Nightmare Alley, right? I did, yes. I thought she I saw Nightmare Alley last night. I think she's great. I do too, actually. I, I mean I support I support Kate being in the running here. Um Me too. I, mean, I love this category because of two things, and those two things are Ruth Nega and Kirsten Dunst. Them getting in, uh, for me, is great. This feels okay. like it's going to be four out of five at Oscar. Kate Blanchett potentially could be coming for that fifth spot, but uh, I think it's going to be Anjanaelis. Is there anyone else uh, popping up that is fighting for that last spot, do we think? Uh, no, it feels like it's those six, probably. Okay. Um, I mean, I get, well... There's so somebody do I have we'll, any supporting actors? There's somebody else we'll talk performances. There's somebody else we'll talk about. Oh yeah, about. I do. There's somebody else we'll talk about in a bit who again not making it was a bit surprising in retrospect. So then we have to talk about the best supporting actor category at SAG, yes. which is just uh, you know, I think if a category is going to be this bad, you don't have to do it. I think you can say, you know what? There weren't five performances that we were going to nominate this year. The Good. Cody Smith-McPhee, the aforementioned for The Power of the Dog. Troy Kotzer for Coda. And then, unfortunately, we do dip into Ben Affleck for The Tender Bar. Ben Affleck, who was nominated at SAG and at the Globes. Ben Affleck's trying to come for that Oscar nomination, baby. Love it. Bradley Cooper My boy, for Ben. Li- Bradley Cooper for Licorice Pizza. Whatever. That's great. And then, unfortunately, we do have Jared Leto, House of Gucci, a performance that is, in addition to the aforementioned uh, uh, Javier Bardem, 
is a bad, actually a bad performance. <laughs> actually a bad performance that does get nominated for uh, a category that has best in the title. Actually, outstanding. A truly terrible take by you again. Uh, so Javier Bardem and Jared Leto. Both. So this is a brutal category. What's both killed it this year. What's interesting here is that Belfast, the two supporting male performances from Belfast, neither of them nominated. Um... And I think this positions Cody Smith McPhee as if he wasn't already kind of the clear front runner for the Oscar win, which really is just kind of nuts. But uh, there he is. So we have all these performances. The big award of the night is best performance by an ensemble. So this is where it all just absolutely starts making no sense. So these are your five nominees for best ensemble cast. Belfast. Coda. Don't look up. King Richard, House of Gucci. So Belfast gets in despite the fact that it snubbed all of its actors. Katrina Balfe gets in for supporting. Coda is nominated, which I think is fun, but like Marley Matlin isn't nominated. That has one acting nomination. Don't look up gets in despite having no acting nominations. That makes a little bit more sense because that's like the ensemble of all ensembles. King Richard gets in, despite Anjane Ellis not getting nominated. It's only Will Smith. And then House of Gucci is in, who has Gaga and Jared. Uh, and House of Gucci, it's, like a, it's been a big day for them, I think, positioning themselves probably for a best act, or a, I'm sorry, a best picture nomination. Right. I have no idea who wins this. Um, it's just an odd group. <laughs> it kind of is, yeah. I mean, the fact that the power of the dog doesn't get ensemble despite three acting nominations, that doesn't make any sense. Bardem and Kidman get in, but being the Ricardos doesn't get into ensemble. It makes it's a it was a big boost for Gucci, a big day for Coda, I think. But it's I interesting because like the ensembles often lean towards these like don't look up type movies where yes. it's a lot of. Yeah, yes. you, you understand that being in, but something like Coda, which is a smaller movie with only a handful of performances and only one nomination, versus something like uh, what would you just say didn't get in? That uh, like the Power of the Dog has sure. a small cast, but a lot of individuals. Three got nominations, nominated. yeah. Uh, very. I think King Richard. King Richard is the weird dichotomy. one for me, honestly. Like not nominating Anjane Ellis and what? nominating it for ensemble. I don't think that one's that crazy, because I think kind of. Well, I think the extended performances across the board on King Richard are really good, which well, I don't disagree, but and I think she was probably very close to getting a nomination. So you're sure uh, you're teetering on the edge there, and you get raised by. I mean, Belfast. It's interesting though, because if we're looking big picture here, bad day for Belfast, not bad day for Power of the Dog. I have no idea what is winning Best Picture at the Oscars. I have no idea. I mean, I think it's between Belfast and The Power of the Dog still. There's certainly but the it feels presumptive favorites. But it but feels wide open. I, I mean, think so too. And we still, I don't think Don't Look Up is out of the race. I hate to say that. <laughs> we still have eight months to find out. <laughs> also, you know, West Side Story not getting in is is not great for its chances for ensemble yeah yeah um i don't know we're we're it, it like we're in the thick of it and it feels like there's still so much to figure out which is very exciting this Into is what the thick we want. of it 
Never seen it. Do the thing of... Think of it. Think of it. (laughs) This is what we want, though, right? It is. Everything is up in the air. None of the... I mean, we talk... Like, Best Supporting Actor feels like the one that is maybe the most... Or maybe... I mean, Ariana DeBose... This is what I... I hate when we go into Oscar season and everyone has already... Of like course. every award show has given the same of course. You know, performance each award. We know I agree. with 95% certainty what all the main, where all the main awards are going. I agree with you. So, hey, fun times. Speaking Let's of go. the Oscars. Yes, sir. Uh, I sent you a tweet today. Nothing I sent it to you, but. Uh, no, I sent it to you. Um, we're talking about different tweets. Uh, this tweet came from oh, sure, the yeah. Academy's. Oh, God bless. Twitter account. Official account. Here's the tweet. Hypothetically, if we asked you who would you want to host the Oscars, and this is strictly hypothetical, <laughs> who would it hypothetically be? Who's running the Academies? Yeah. First Twitter of all, What's going insane on? tweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, the big news uh, is that the Academy confirmed they will have a host at the Oscars this year. And I, I say thank God. I'm not sure where you are on that front, but I say thank God. Um... I say tentatively, yes. It after what we saw last year, show needs a host. I, show needs a host, and we've seen some bad hosts, of course. But I, I, I honestly, yes, no host to me is still above bad host. But it is kind of no, fun. even if, sure. if it's a bad host, it is kind of fun to for everyone to kind of collectively make fun of how bad the host is. So, yeah, I think you're right. Even a bad host is probably better than no host. And speaking of, so there are there have been some you know suggestions as to who might might host. I think last week we mentioned the the proposed Tom Holland and Zendaya co-hosting yeah. the Oscars. Yeah, you know The Rock is obviously thrown out there every year. Um, you know who who are the other usual suspects? Kevin Hart who, who got removed from being the Oscar host a couple years ago, which sent us down this path of no Oscar host. Yeah. Um, you know, Jimmy Kimmel's done it a bunch of times now. Yeah. And now today, the tweet you sent me. Correct. Thank is you. what? Go ahead. Oh, I don't know. You're on your phone. All right. Let me find it. Okay. Exclusive. This is from the New York Post. My paper of record. Pete Davidson being eyed as 2022 Oscars host. Pete Davidson. Now, when I tell you... The king of Staten Island could host the Oscars. What? Uh, what's your immediate reaction? Here's what I will say about Pete Davidson. I I think I've even said this on the podcast before. I think people who like rag on him are annoying. Like I think Pete Davidson is fine, and I think he's a funny guy. Kim Kardashian agrees. Yeah, uh, but he's not an Oscar host, and this leads us down this path of like, and I, we've talked about this before. I think. Of the Oscars trying to chase viewership. I have bad news. <laughs> the viewership is not coming. It is not. Like, the Oscars could be hosted by, like, Justin Bieber, Drake, and Adele. And nobody would watch. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who the host and is. Anyway, it's not that nobody would watch, but we are on a clear path here where... The viewership of the Oscars is going down, and it will continue to go down as fewer and fewer people. Fewer, yeah, fewer and fewer people. Okay, <laughs> Justin Bieber's hosting the Oscars. Shut up. That wasn't a. I made fun of you because you misspoke. Yeah, I know. 
Okay, you're making fun of me for saying something funny. Yeah, because you're dumb. <laughs> Every day I think about ending this show. Oh. Today might be the day. Well, we had a good run. This is episode 33. <laughs> oh, congrats. Larry Bird. Ugh. He <laughs> magic. Uh, anyway, what were we saying? I don't care. Oh, right. The ratings are going down. They're going to continue to go down. Yeah. There's nothing they can do. Um, you know, what, like, what could possibly happen to – if people people are caring less and less about Oscar-y movies and Oscar-nominated movies. Sure. Like, this is this plays into the – Unless – Spider-Man should unless be nominated. we nominate Spidey. Right, exactly. Which, whatever. I don't care. But – Tom Holland should host in the Spider-Man costume the entire time. <laughs> but, like, I, what I'm saying is make the Oscars telecast for the people who care about the Oscars telecast. And I understand that, like... We're, play the clips. Play the clips. We're chasing... Make best picture of the last award. We're chasing award. youth. Like, I, it's okay I if it goes it. longer than three and hours. And there's so much that goes into this, of course. Get it's rid like, of documentary short. Oh, and, and God bless, the, God <laughs> bless those filmmakers. But you know, it's, all it's the time shorts. to go. It's unfortunately it, time shorts. to go. It's time to go. Um, it's chasing viewership is the wrong move. And so, here's this is how I think. I had this realization this morning. I think there is, however, a way to meet in the middle. Speaking of the SAG nominations, SAG also does TV, right? Nominated this morning were your two of your three Oscar hosts. And those two people are Steve Martin and Martin Short. Your other third Oscar host is Selena Gomez. We are doing Only Murders in the Building is hosting the Oscars. <laughs> Steve Martin, Martin Short, reliable, great, relevant somehow. And then we bring in Selena, their co-star. Are people on... watching Only Murders in the Building? I know oh, it got renewed. Oh, it's yo, it's huge. But if we're going down this path, like three, three SAG nominations today. Okay, three SAG nominations today. I mean, if we're going down this path of viewership and 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 popularity, I mean, Kevin Costner should just host the Oscars. Well, it's not a bad idea. I mean, have <laughs> Yellowstone trot out on a horse. I, I mean, I, I don't know how many people are on that show. Sorry, did you say have Yellowstone? Is, have Yellowstone. Is there a character named Yellowstone? His name is Mark Yellowstone. <laughs> I, I assume. Never seen the program, but I assume his name is Mark Yellowstone. Have Yellowstone trot out on a horse. <laughs> I've never seen the show. Kevin Costner plays Mark Yellowstone. Does he not? Uh, hold on. I'm looking up his character name. Uh, John Dutton. John. Oh, of course. Have John Dutton host. No, but you don't have a reaction. Don't you think that that makes a lot of sense, actually? Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez host the Oscars. Um, What's not to love? Hmm. I mean, I love Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez. But Steve Martin has done it multiple times. I, and I don't think he wants to do it again. Martin Short is a, a genius, beloved, yeah. but also... Many people also find him very annoying. Well, okay. And Selena Gomez. Every Oscar's host. Sure, yeah. Well, I think I've said on this podcast, the most underrated pop star of first generation, yeah. Sure. Um, 
I still think it's it's Tom and Zendaya as the move. Oh, I don't. I mean, I th- I actually I would be fully on board with that. I why not? Who care? Like, who cares? It'd be fun. Like the Pete Davidson thing is just feels, not the right. His because his whole vibe. Like, all right. So the Oscars. We love the Oscars because they take themselves too seriously, basically. You know, like, it's <laughs> right, this overly, course. preposterously over-serious thing. And yeah, Pete, Pete Davidson's style of comedy is to, like, not take anything seriously. Right. Those are clashing things that, like, I'm just I, not sure how much that's going to vibe. Like, it I feels a little James want, Franco-y. I don't want him out there making fun of the telecast. Right. I don't want that. Like yeah, we know it's dumb. Buys we know into... it's stupid. Right. We know it's dumb. We know none of it matters. Like I don't need him coming out and saying, you know, like Ariana Debose, or like Ariana Debose before hoes or something. That's really funny. I came up with that on the spot. That's really funny. Can you write that down? Well, have Ariana you... Debose. I'm sorry, hold on, do you... have you taken improv classes? <laughs> I, you know, I have spent upwards of two thousand dollars. Um. <laughs> Ariana DeBose before hose. What could I? Is that a shirt? That might be a shirt. Popcorn boy. That's our next. Popcorn I mean, we're opening merch. up. A, oh yeah, of course. But like, we need to find a vendor for but all I this think merch. You're, I think you're onto something. It's like, I want it to be stupid. I don't want it to be like self-referential. We know it's dumb. Like, like the comedian's obviously gonna make jokes. I'm just worried sure. about. And I'm not the biggest Pete Davidson fan anyway. So like. I'm a little hesitant there, but whatever. If people like him, I'm just worried about – I'm more worried about the style clash. Yeah. Then, you know, it just – the last time we had somebody host the Oscars who didn't care about the Oscars was James Franco. And it – Yeah. You know. Should we bring them back? <laughs> James and – Yeah, no, he's, he's had a great run since. <laughs> James has had a great run since then. James and Anne <laughs> – Man. Jeez. I mean that you really stop and think about that. It's like what why were they chosen? I I don't know. They they had no connection to each other, right? Were no. they in they hated each other oh, that year? Clearly hated each well, other. Well, clearly, but like you could tell when they went through you know, when they rehearsed stuff, Ugh. it was like this is awful. Brutal. Huh. But they were like hip and young So is that is that the our Tom and Zendaya, would that be the the danger of going down that road? But it's not because... No, it's not. They're I like, can't explain why, but it's not. I think it's because they're like kind of cross-the-board performers. Yes. Like they they both have that Hugh Jackman in them that they can do the kind of song and dance. They can be yeah. funny. They can be charming. Yeah. It, it, Zendaya's super hot. So Tom Holland. Sure. He's cute. He's hot. He's not hot. He's just cute. Mm, yeah. I love I love Tom Holland. People I, think he's hot. You're we're just older. Young people think he's how hot. How old is Tom Holland? Oh, I don't know. Thirty five? Young people think he's hot. <laughs> hey Siri. How old how old is Tom Holland? Tom Holland is twenty five years old. Okay. Great. Yeah. Young people think he's hot. Of course. But again He's a short y- king. Young people. <laughs> He is a short king. I don't know if they'll want to host the Oscars, though. It'll just show off how much taller Zendaya is. Than, than I know. Tom. Man. 
Listen, whatever. We'll be on this ride together. Throughout, oh, baby. Let's throughout go. award it's, season. It's award season. Speaking the gold, of the award. already happened. Who? Speaking of award season, these are really. I mean, pe- like, I've been getting calls from, like, PR people. Like, this is. People are waiting to listen to this episode. Yeah, what should is these. Is my client going to win? What should these be called? The. I would say the Colonels, but that was my segment <laughs> was that lasted for thought. two weeks. What else? The the husks. What, what, I need, we need some. We need some popcorn related material. The here. what is uh, what goes into popcorn? Kernels, mm, butter. Mm, what the tubs? Salt. The tubs. The uh, the poppers. That's we're not calling it that. <laughs> uh, the the free refills. The kernels is really perfect, isn't it? Yeah, Can we forget. We, we already use that. The because kernels almost feels like it's not bottom fully pop the, yeah, thing. Bottom you know, of the we bag. want yeah the pop the 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 top of the bag, the popcorn boys top ten awards. You know what? Let's just start them and <laughs> we'll we'll get back at any point. If you think of a good name for it, just call shout in. it out. Call in. Yes, that too. Call in. Call in live. We'll take your call here on the air. Um, all right. <clears throat> Have we explained what we're doing? No, but here we go. Uh, we are each I, – I, I said this already, but we're each doing our top ten performances of the year, kind of across the board, and our top ten movies of the year. Correct. Now, very briefly on the rules of engagement. Oh, sure. That's on my list. To be clear, this has been said numerous times on this podcast, but the movie year of 2021 is a bit of a confusing one. Sure. Because it's last confusing, year... Confusing year in general. Um, am I right? <laughs> last year for the Oscars, they pushed the eligibility back. So movies did not have to premiere in 2020 to be eligible for the 2020 <laughs> Oscar. What is happening? <laughs> I don't know. I'm losing it. Making myself laugh. You need to go to sleep. I know. I uh, so, for instance, a movie such as Judas and the Black Messiah, which technically came out in 2021... But it was eligible for last year's Oscars. We are going by the Oscar calendar. Really, the first. Well, I'm not even gonna say that because it might be on your list. Um, so movies oh, it is. that were not eligible for last year. You're only eligible for our list here if you're eligible for this year's Oscars, basically. Correct. All right. Shall we begin? Let's do it. Who goes first? Uh, are we, we're doing performances. We're first. starting with performances. Yes. Wow, this is exciting. Um, I'll go first. I don't care. I mean, to be clear, we don't know each other's lists. So. No, we have not seen these. There may be duplicates, and we, we are not going to reveal if someone else has the same um, performance or movie on the list. Okay, I'll let you go first. All right, I'll start it out. My 10th, um, I don't know if I'm calling this best or favorite. Best. Popcorn Boy-ish. The Popcorn um, Boy-ish award. <laughs> the 10th popcorn performance <laughs> of the year on Kyle's list. Yeah. Goes to. Okay, we put, how do you we do should that? Probably speed this up. <laughs> Goes to Jude Hill from Belfast. Okay. Jude Hill plays Buddy, the young kid in the movie. He is outstanding. He is the only spoiler alert child to make my list. <laughs> um, but I slid him in there at number ten, as I believe we said on. You always is a slide in a child. I believe we said this during our episode about Belfast, but 
Couldn't tell you. We we talked about how the entire movie, working or not working, hinges on this performance, even though there are adults giving great performances in this movie as well. Sure. But really, the movie fails if Buddy is not uh, doesn't hit a home run, and Jude Hill hits a home run as Buddy. I mean, again, my thing with Belfast is I don't know if they're giving good performances or if they have accents. Look, buddy's Common great. problem. Is this a good performance or does this person have an accent? All right. What is your number 10? My number 10, the Popcorn Boy-ish Awards. Dude, Hill's 11 years old. I would have said six. Okay, that's enough. <sighs> Why are what you so good it? at telling ages? Huh? That's my thing. I don't know. Uh, the... I know. I do want the boy... The boy. Oh. What? I'm trying to come up with the name. Oh, the name. Yeah. No. The let it just let it happen. What did you I? You just asked me. What did I say though? I the said popcorn boys ish. I mean, no, no, no. Truly I, I terrible. Pop. The. Uh. The poppies. That's <laughs> no, fine. That's not good. The poppies. Continue. Number ten. Well, you didn't like this. Po- you didn't like the popcorn. Your boys. tenth. What? You didn't like the popcorn boys name. That's not true. Oh. Yes, it is. You did not like it. That's you not had true. to be you convinced. You had to be convinced. Not true. Okay. Well, <laughs> history favors the brave. Brave. Uh, crypto.com. Hi. Right. Do you want to waste your money? This episode of the Popcorn what is sponsored is by your crypto.com. Uh, my number 10 uh, is RJ Seiler from The Harder They Fall. What? Uh, R.J. Seiler, a person, an actor who uh, I was unfamiliar with going into The Heart of They Fall, now available on Netflix. Uh, a movie I saw in theaters and quite enjoyed. A movie that I was hoping was going to get nominated for Ensemble at, at uh, SAG, frankly. R.J. Seiler uh, plays Jim Beckworth and is just the definition of a scene stealer the entire movie. He's absolutely hilarious. He's like electric Every second he's on screen, definition of a scene stealer. R.J. Seiler, my 10th best performance of the year, and the harder they fall. Love it. Thank you. Um, one thing I forgot to mention as we dove into this is obviously... Oh, sure. We have yeah. not seen every movie. I, for instance, have not seen The Harder They Fall yet, yeah. um, and I make no apologies. Those movies will just not be on my list. Correct, yeah. I will be it's, continuing to catch up as we get closer and closer to the Oscars. Yeah, it's, impossi- it's impossible to do like an exhaustive, <laughs> you know list of uh, of every single thing so let's keep that in mind popcorn boy number nine the oh, ninth God. do you have any female performances on your list oh yeah hell yeah but this is a boy this is a man okay so jude hill is a popcorn boy number nine He's embarrassed. He's like he's looking down. He knows no. I'm gonna. He knows. No, I'm, gonna I'm not hit. embarrassed. You're just gonna be mad. Number nine is Jared Leto in House of Gucci, playing Paolo Gucci. What? <laughs> Number nine, Kyle is Jared Leto in House of Gucci. You're supposed to take this seriously. I did. First of all, Jared Leto was. Spoiler alert, I have no other House of Gucci performances on my list. He was the best part of the movie. He was the most enjoyable part of the movie. He was great. 
I cackled numerous times. I know this is only here to make me mad, and it... It's truly not. It is working, which is unfortunate. (laughs) It was great. I don't know what to tell you. He was delightful, and I've said this before. I'll say it again. If you didn't know it was Jared Leto, you would have loved this performance. But you hate Jared Leto, which, understandable. I do too, but he was great. (laughs) (laughs) And not only that, he's getting nominated everywhere. So I'm clearly not the only one who thinks this was a great performance. It just was. Fact. Deal with it. What's your number nine? My number nine is a performance that uh, I raved about on this podcast on one of our first episodes, I think, mm. if I'm remembering correctly. And I, I, I'm i sort of sad that I seem to be one of the only people remembering her at the end of this year. I think I know where you're going. I do think that I did say she's going to get, <laughs> going to get nominated for Best Supporting Actress. I considered trying to find... The, really? This clip from our podcast. Oh, really? If you didn't pick it, and then I could play ah, it and be like, wow, you see, really... Look at you. Yeah. Look at you. Uh, number nine is Millicent Simmons from A Quiet Place Part 2. Ugh, you idiot. No. I'm sorry. Millicent Simmons from A Quieter Place. Thank you. Jeez, I know we haven't we haven't talked about that movie in a while, while, so I will let it slide. Even I, I will you an give idiot. you ten million dollars if you can guess what her character's name was. Wrong, Sarah. It was, <laughs> it was unfortunately Reagan. Uh, oh wow, uh, Reagan Abbott. She's great. I, I, I. I she was the standout in that movie for sure. She's phenomenal, she and she really, said, really good. I. I'm hoping that... It's good in the first movie, too. Oh, yeah. But this I'm one ho- kind of... She had to take on a little bit bigger role. I'm hoping that she's about to sort of get uh, a little bit more recognition. She's set to play uh, Helen Keller this year, next year. Interesting. Um, so, fingers crossed. But she's phenomenal. Millicent Simmons, number nine. Great. Good choice. I like it. Thank you. Uh, my number eight uh, is a performance that's been talked about quite a bit, uh, really everywhere, so I'll, I'll keep it brief. But it's Alana Heim in Licorice Pizza. Lick Pits. <laughs> um, first time actress, at least in a feature film. First time, last time. Sorry. <laughs> Alana is kind of the... Predator standout of the movie. Actually, if you think about Licorice Pizza, it's actually really fucked up. Great. Yeah. It's actually really fucked up. She's like a predator if you really think about it. I challenge anyone to watch this movie and not come away with at least a little bit of a crush on Alana Heim. Well, you could challenge me. Uh, no, she's not my favorite movie of all time, but I think that she is great. She is indeed. And will be interesting to see if uh, she crashes the field at the Oscars. Seems unlikely at this Seems point, based unlikely. on what we've seen so far, but... Seems unlikely. An outside shot. Yeah. You're number eight. Uh, all right, my number eight, uh, I think from a movie that I say I think, I know you haven't seen, uh, and I need you to see by Oscar time. Uh, my number eight best performance of the year is uh, Hidetoshi Nisejima from Drive My Car. Is this a lead or supporting performance? He's the lead actor. In, nice. In I've Drive heard my car. excellent things about he it. I'm is, excited to see the movie. It is, however, exceedingly long. It's three hours long. So I a movie. Seen it yet. 
listen, I, I rail against length of movies all the time on this podcast. It's a movie that earns its length. His performance, he's the lead actor. He carries the whole thing. He does it with... He's he, he's he's just phenomenal. He's also very hot. Uh, which is why he's on the list, of course. All... I did rank them... They had to be hot. That was... I should say that. I should have said that at the start. They had to be hot to be on the list. Um... <laughs> Hot like popcorn. <laughs> yeah, the freshly popped. The, the freshly hottie. popped. The freshly... The hotties? That's making the, the sound. Hotties. The hotties? The top ten freshly popped performances of the year. Whatever it is. Hidetoshi Nishijima, Drive My Car, anchors the entire thing with this like brooding, nuanced, quiet... He's, he's phenomenal. It's great. Love it. Go see Drive My Car. <clears throat> okay. Uh, number seven on my list on the freshly popped ten performances of the year. Uh, this one is a little bit basic as it's being awarded all over the place during awards season here. Will likely be nominated in Best Supporting Actress, but this is Ariana DeBose in West Side Story. Love she that. plays Anita, and as we have previously mentioned, she jumps off the scene, off the screen. She jumps off the scene. She just runs away. Jumps she off jumps scene. off the scene, ladies and gentlemen. Do you think when she hosts SNL, she'll talk to Pete about the hosting job? Oh, good question. Oh, something else I want to say about Pete hosting is like, Ariana, wow, I'm just putting the, Ariana DeBose, Ariana Grande. Two people named Ariana. Huh. But if, Ari- if Pete hosts the Oscars, Ariana Grande is probably getting nominated for Best Original Song. Oh, right. And wow, what a moment that would be. Sure. For those of you not to know, they were engaged. Married? Certainly not married. Engaged. Certainly engaged. Were they engaged? Oh, yeah. Who could forget? Me, apparently. Yeah, apparently me too. Uh, Ariana DeBose, West Side Story. You know, just... Fan- Electric. It, yes. Jumps off the screen, some That's might say. <laughs> jumps off the scene, even. <laughs> well, she jumped. And onto off, the screen. Well, she jumped off the screen onto the scene. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited to see her host SNL. Uh, I am too. I have I no too. idea what to expect because the only thing I've ever seen her in is West Side Story. Yeah. No, she's. But yeah, it'll be fun. Just killer performance. Yeah. You're number seven. Good pick. Uh, number seven for me. <coughs> Hold on. I have to. Oh boy! Please be the animal. Please be the animal. <laughs> when I tell you, I thought about it. Remember when I gave a top ten animals performances? Remember when we had segments? <laughs> this whole episode is a segment. <laughs> good point. Good it's the point. freshly popped top ten of the year. Number <laughs> number seven is Nicholas Cage in Pig. <laughs> Did I think about putting the pig on my list? You better believe it. <laughs> when I, I tell you that Nicolas Cage's character's name and pig is simply Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I've talked about pig a lot. Uh, no animals made my top ten performance list. <laughs> I considered a couple of them. How dare you? They were close. Uh, I've talked about pig a lot. Of course. <laughs> Oh, oh God, I'm losing it. I'm, I'm losing it. Fully. We're not even halfway through I'm the losing first it. <laughs> We're an hour in. I am losing it. I've talked to, I've talked to my pig a lot, okay? 
Right. Are you done? Should we, can we move on here? I sounded like a pig there. Sue! <laughs> oh, no. Sue, <laughs> yeah! Uh, no, pig. Oh, an all-time moment. Uh, pig is great. Pig is, uh, the movie Pig is available on Hulu. Uh, if you're a Hulu subscriber, by the way, watch it. Nicolas Cage uh, is is wonderful. Gives a, a career renaissance of a performance as a former chef who's obsessed with his pig. And uh, we'll do anything he can to get her back. Sure. Number six on the freshly popped top ten performances yeah, so of the year. Fully going with that. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I think we have a segment name. Okay. Number six. Someone who was nominated at SAG, although I am not putting them in for the role they were nominated for. Wait. Give me 20 seconds. You're probably not going to think of it. Well, there's only 20 people nominated. Well, a lot of them were in uh, multiple movies. Uh, and I don't uh, think this one's going to jump out as the answer for you. Uh, Number six is Ben Affleck in The Last Duel. You know, I was prepared to hate your list. <laughs> ben Affleck uh, in a movie that desperately needed a little uh, fun. Ben Affleck brought said fun. Fair enough. He was having a blast in this movie. Fair enough. It is very heavy throughout, and I just really, really enjoyed uh, one Benjamin Affleck. You enjoyed seeing Ben play? Uh, hold on. I wrote it down here. Pierre D'Alencon. Of course. To see Ben Affleck play Pierre D'Alencon. <laughs> Who could forget where they were? Oh. Who could forget where they were the first time they saw Ben Affleck pay Pierre Delancle? He was having a blast, as was I. Did you say the movie? The Last Duel, yeah. Okay. Uh, he's been getting nominated at things for the, his performance in The Tender Bar, which I have yet to see. Oh, and actually no one has, <laughs> which is funny. The Tender Should we watch bar. that? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's on Amazon soon. Yeah. There's billboards all over Culver City because Amazon's right here. All right. Uh, I think I'll uh, I'll make I'll say this now. I will watch the Tender Bar if he gets nominated. <laughs> there you go. That's probably if he doesn't, way. not happening. That's probably a good way to do it. Uh, Affleck in the Last Duel. I respect that. He's, Thank you. You know, he's fun. Thank you. You're number six. Number six for me. No overlap so far, right? No. Well, her character. Not her character's name starts with the word young. Do you have any idea? I'm into it so far. <laughs> young. Uh, spell it. Y-O-U-N-G, young. Okay. Maybe this will help. Young Lita? Number six is Jesse Buckley in The Lost Daughter. Oh. Jesse Buckley, who plays the younger version of the aforementioned Olivia Coleman's character in The Lost Daughter, a movie now available on Netflix. Uh, please. Yeah, you're really shilling for all these movies on their streaming services, huh? Well, you know, maybe they paid me. <laughs> maybe they paid me. Um, go watch The Lost Daughter. It's on Netflix. I would say run, don't walk. Um... Jesse Buckley plays the younger version of Olivia Coleman in a movie that I very much enjoyed, a movie you've seen. 
Um, Indeed. I don't know. Maybe it's coming up later. I don't. I don't, don't, don't want spoil. to be spoiled. I don't want to be spoiled. Nothing will be spoiled. I, I don't want to say. Be, I don't want to be spoiled. Uh, the Lost Daughter, uh, a movie I liked quite a bit. And I, uh, Jesse Buckley is an actress who I have consistently enjoyed in stuff. She in Fargo, in I'm thinking of ending things. Even even in stuff that I don't necessarily love, love. I always like her, and I thought she was great. She had that. I never saw that movie where she was like playing a country star or something. Wild Rose, I think it's called. Yeah. Also, never saw it, unfortunately. Apparently, she gives a killer performance in that. She's great. She and she manages. I think like I, I think why I like her performance in this movie so much is that she manages to break your heart and be wholly relatable and vulnerable while also not playing necessarily the most sympathetic yeah woman of all time there's so much depth wow. and like nuance that she gives you know who would have something to say yeah. about that yeah kathy woods if you're listening <laughs> oh no be careful uh i'll tag her um she's i i i i, I think it's it's a mar- i like this choice i think it's a marvelous uh did not make my list i like this choice quite a bit Thank I think you. Jesse Buckley is an up and coming big time star. And I would love, I mean, I'm not, I would love, to, I, w- I was hoping she would maybe pop, pop up at SAG today. Mm. I could see her maybe being sort of a shock Oscar nominee, but right. feels, feels unlikely, but she's, Agreed. she's great. I like that choice. Thank you. <clears throat> My number five. Um, so. As I laid out these ten performances, I tried to have a variety of leading roles, you know, big supporting roles, and and some smaller supporting roles mixed in as well. Okay. This is the latter. This is the second performance I have listed here from Licorice Pizza. This is Harriet Sansom okay. Harris. She has one scene See, in this Licorice is, Pizza. This is interesting. I was wondering if you were going to do this. What do you mean? I was wondering if she was going to be on your list. So she has one scene in Licorice Pizza. She plays like a talent agent or something yeah. that our main characters. Famous, yeah. Famously my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. She was fantastic. Uh, it's it's literally like a, I don't know, three-minute scene. Right. The the main characters come and meet with her, and she just knocks it out of the park. It's like just delightful. Sure. Um, and I like mixing a few of these in. You know, obviously sure. we're not categorizing this. This is just across-the-board performances, so I wanted to put a few of the – uh, much smaller roles mixed in as well, and uh, she makes number five on my list. Okay, I mean, I can't hate this because that was my favorite scene. But favorite performance, like it's almost for me more of a favorite scene than it is performance. I re- I recognize we're not doing that. Maybe, uh-huh. maybe we should. No, that's not just. I actually thought about that. Um, best scenes of the year. She's great. I mean, it's 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 a legendary three minutes or whatever. So I can't. I understand the critical sentiment of like. Yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to a few of these. Fair enough. Are, oh, there's more know, coming. Great. Well, not quite on this this small level, but I have another smaller performance coming down the line. Well, speaking of small, now it's my chance to shout out a young little boy. Okay. My, I'm nervous. Uh, my fifth... What are these called? 
freshly popped. Freshly popped top 10 performances of the year. Is Woody Norman in Come On, Come On. Oh, Woody. Uh, we call him the Sheriff. What? The oh, sheriff. got it. Okay, sure. Great. Go on. Sheriff Woody. Uh, howdy, howdy, howdy. Woody Norman in Come On, Come On. This is Mike Mills' movie starring Joaquin Phoenix and Woody Norman. Woody Norman plays his nephew who Joaquin Phoenix has to spend some time with. Uh, a movie I very much enjoyed. Woody Norman... Uh, is 11 years old. Oh, so is Jude Hill. Yeah, I think was probably... I think he's 11 now, so he's probably 10 when he filmed this movie. Do you think he, they're going to be battling for roles throughout their careers? <laughs> oh, my God. Jude wishes. You know, Woody would fucking kick his ass. He's axe circles around him. The two things here. One, he is... He gives an unbelievable performance in this movie. Just like one of the best child performances I think I've ever seen. He is... Ooh, that's a good list. He is a mate. Yeah, keep it in your pants. He is phenomenal in this movie. What made me love his performance even more. So in this movie, he plays this kid who lives in L.A. Is that I, you live in L.A. too? Is that what made you love it? God damn it, you beat me to it. Wow. I knew Always it. I knew one it. step ahead. You love L.A. I love L.A. I do love L.A. We love it. It took me a while. Um, what was I saying about the child? Uh, what made me love He's this hot. performance oh. even more? He, um, I didn't realize until after the movie that he's British. He has an accent. This 10-year-old kid. American accent? What? Oh, in real life. In the accent. movie, he's doing an accent. And you would an American never... Like- Yes! I mean... Make it clear, you dummy. I I just said he's British. And so he has an accent. So in British, they talk like this. In in British, they talk like this. In British... (laughs) In British, they talk like this. Hey, governor. Hey, governor. Can I get the fourth Sammy? My number four. Where did all the tea go? <laughs> Where did all the tea go? Please, please, I'm begging you to stop. Number four on the. I wasn't done. Uh, yeah, I know, but we're moving on. The freshly popped top ten performances of the year. Uh, Andrew Garfield in Tick Tick Boom. Good choice. This um, is kind of hilarious to compare to my last pick. Someone who <laughs> who spent you know three minutes on screen versus this, where the entire movie there's the camera in his face and he's singing and he's crying and he's playing instruments and he's you know sounds like me karaoke he's doing a lot there's a lot of things happening here tick tick boom is a movie that really worked for me sorry Um, oh sorry it's on netflix (laughs) oh great thank you you, ted and thank you daddy ted andrew especially is just like this is i think this is quite a performance Um, i agree he's going to be oscar nominated unless you know He's going to be Oscar nominated. Yeah. And probably certainly not the favorite to win, but, eh, I mean, he's got a little Spider-Man momentum. Golden Globe winner. Golden Globe winner. Uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, he's right there. He's Unseen right there. Golden Globe winner. Yeah. Uh, but Andrew Garfield just really, like, this is, this is a really kind of a showcase type role where you just have to carry the entire movie on your back in – many different ways yeah including singing and apparently he wasn't like 
much of a singer. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, but like that's kind of part of that tell. charm there. Not everybody can do it all, like me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you're number four. My number four. Channing Tatum? <laughs> he will be on my list next year. Uh, speaking of Surefire Best Actor nominees, my number four is Phil Burbank. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. Phil. The power of the dog. Burbank. Benedict Cumberbatch, who plays Phil Burbank. A title, or a, a, a name that, hey, you know, you could ask me five minutes from now, I would not remember it. But... His performance in The Power of the Dog is... Well, and I have Bronco Henry. <laughs> I did think about putting Bronco Henry. I mean, is there a list of best performances by people you never see? Hmm. Bronco Henry, number one. Mm. He really carries that movie. Ghost Dad? Who would play... <laughs> who would play Bronco Henry? Like, when you were picturing Bronco Henry, who Tim were you Tebow. picturing? <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> hubba, hubba. Uh, and what? Tim Tebow, who always looks like his clothes are about to choke him. <laughs> um, who were you? Did you have someone in mind? No. I didn't really either. It was kind Oscar of a, Isaac. I just wanted him to stop mentioning him already. Oh, God. Uh, Benny Cum, he's great. He he's, it, it's a, it's Benny a, Cum? Is Benny that what you just called him? Yeah. Benny Cum. Dr. Strange himself. Stephen Strange. Benny Cum. Yeah. That's what I was saying when I was hanging out with uh, (laughs) Ben Affleck last time. (laughs) Benny Cum. (laughs) Benny Cum. I can't. I can't anymore. What is going on? (laughs) Number three. Number three. Speaking of Benny Cum. What? Wow. This is a good connection. Number three on the freshly popped top ten performances of the year. It is Benny Comb herself, Ana de Armas, in No Time to Die. <laughs> oh, wow. She used to shout that all the time. <laughs> uh, this is another, this is the last of my kind of really smaller performances. Uh, Ana in a supporting role. Really, uh just dominated this movie for her short stint in it to the point where you know some people are asking should it be Jane Bond going forward no no one's asked that <laughs> uh, her she name made is also the... apparently Paloma in the movie mm, I'm thirsty uh, but she really just like this felt like a movie star performance I agree uh, even despite uh, it's short length in the movie but she just, you know, super charismatic, hilarious action. She was doing it all in terms of what we're looking for in a James Bond movie. Uh, more so than uh, Mr. Bond himself. She made the uh, the BAFTA long list today for Best Supporting Actress. Well, there you go. Yeah. It's a good choice. I mean, it's way too high, but it's more of a 10. Sure, that's fine. But, <clears throat> again, I tried to... Uh, I tried to keep my list varied with fair, bigger and smaller performances. Fair enough. And Anna, I think she deserves it. Okay, fine. 
When does um blonde? No. What's oh. the other the one with her and Ben? Oh, deep water. Deep water. Yeah. What streamer is that going to oh, now? God, I, I have no idea. I'm excited for that. Adrian Lines movie. Yeah, I'm sure they're gonna promote the hell out of that. <laughs> All right, you're number three. My number three on the freshly popped top ten performances of 2021. Do you know what I love more than most? Amazon. Sorry. <laughs> it's going to it's going to Amazon. Yeah. Amazon. Oh no, sorry, that's international. Hulu in the US. Oh. Deep water. Maybe you'll finally get Hulu. <clears throat> Kyle, do you know what I love more than most? Amazon. <laughs> you love let's see, where are you going? School here? shootings. <laughs> oh god. Number three on my list is Martha Plimpton in Mass. A movie that I thought about thought was about the Catholic Church until about a week ago. <laughs> no, Mass is unfortunately about a school shooting. Uh, it does take place wholly in a church, though. The entire movie takes place in a church. Are you not? I think it is a bit of a double entendre. Are you making this up? No, I'm not. It takes place in, like, a the, a meeting room in a church. Oh, okay. So, Mass, uh, for those of you unaware, it is about a school shooting. Uh, starring Martha Plimpton and Jason Isaacs, who play one couple, and Dowd, and... Oh, God, I'm fu- blanking on his name. Reed Bierney, who plays uh, Anne Dowd's husband. Reed and Anne play the husband and wife of the shooter... Jason Isaacs and Martha Plimpton play the parents of uh, one of the victims in the school shooting. It is every bit as bleak and <laughs> as it sounds. terrible as it sounds, but I really, really enjoyed it. And Martha mm-hmm. Plimpton gives a performance that, like, is – she's great. She, she – if you don't know who that is, she has a face that you would know. Yeah. she's She was on Raising Hope, an Emmy nominee for that TV show forever – uh, she's just great, and she is like, I'm all four of them give riveting performances in this movie. It, it's one of those things like, I would fully understand if this movie is not your thing. Is it just the four of them in this meeting room, or are there? It's the four there. So the it's essentially the four of them at a table for ninety percent of the movie. Gotcha. And it's just like, in my opinion, at least, like just a masterclass in acting. Acting. Ah! Capital A. Capital A. But but not, though. That's the thing. It's not, though. It's not... They're so nuanced and, like, great. It never felt like I was watching actors, which I think it very easily could have fallen into. Mm-hmm. But I just think everybody... It, it I, a very hard thing to do. I think what they accomplish with this movie, and I, I, I think it's very, very good. But Martha Plimpton to me is the standout, and uh, God bless her. Should be, should be in the supporting actress conversation. Gotcha. Uh, all right, that's your number three. My number two. Getting down to the wire here. Uh, the freshly popped top ten performances of the year. <clears throat> My number two is Troy Kotzer. Wow. From Coda. Did I pronounce his last name correctly? I think so. Sure. Uh, Coda, as as many people know at this point, 
uh, stands for Child of Deaf Adult. Correct. Uh, Troy is playing the father of said child in the movie. Uh, he is deaf, as is most of their family. Correct. And he's really the emotional crux of this movie uh, and does the impressive thing where – I mean this whole movie just kind of feels lived in mm-hmm. I think is the way I would describe it. And no one exemplifies that more than Troy here who's really just really an outstanding performance. And I'm interested to see what his career looks like going forward. Yeah. Uh, he is – Deaf in real life, um, and therefore, obviously, some of the roles are limited. But uh, I'll be interested to see because he he was such a standout in this role. Well, I mean, we're sort you know, I mean, blissfully, we're coming off a uh, an Oscar year last year, where Paul Racy got nominated for Sound right. of Metal. So Very we cool. could have two years in a row of of deaf actors getting nominated for Oscars. Uh, which would be incredible. I, I I don't know. Yeah, like you said, I, I don't know where that future leads. But you look at Marley Matlin, right? Oscar winner, uh, who is in this movie and is has made an incredible career for herself. So you know, hopefully those opportunities present themselves for actors like him. And this movie also takes place. Okay. In Massachusetts. Yeah. They're on the boat. That's right. My home state. Lobsters. Ah. Lobsterman. Am I wearing... Oh, no, I'm not wearing my lobster and beer sweatshirt. No, I'm wearing my Popcorn Boys sweatshirt. You're wearing your Popcorn Let's go. Looking great. All right, you're number two. My number two. Uh, I will say, for me, for my number one and two, it was a tough battle. I went back and forth for a bit. But number two, uh, a performance that I thought was obviously remarkable. But I'm just not quite sure how many other people could have pulled it off in the way that she did. My number two is Ruth Nega in Passing. Ooh, okay. A performance that I just, I mean, obviously I can't say enough about. She plays Claire. We've talked about passing so many times on this on this podcast, but again, it's on Netflix. <laughs> Netflix, the home of movies. Hold on. Netflix. Subscribe now. What's going on? I'm doing ad reads. Oh, sorry. I'm going to send these to them if they... Netflix. Da-dun. <laughs> Ruth Negan passing. Passing this movie about uh, these two women... Directed by Rebecca Hall, 1920s New York, uh, w- based on uh, you know this idea of, of Ruth Negg and Tessa Thompson, who Tessa Thompson could easily be on this list as well. True. Um, I cons- she was one of my final cuts. Uh, based on this idea of these women of color, one can pass as white, one cannot. The liberties and uh, the rights that are granted to the women on on that side of of that equation it's a movie that i loved and i think ruth nega is like just fantastic and i'm I, i'm so thrilled that she's actually get, I, I was concerned that she wasn't going to be in the awards conversation this year but getting nominated sag today is a big deal for her uh 
she's just like she manages to be so it's a very like fragile performance like you sort mm. of look at this woman it feels like every second she's like about to like break into a million pieces yeah but she doesn't <laughs> watch the movie <laughs> uh but um i just think she's amazing i think she's like a haunting performance I, I just I, I think she's I just think she's fantastic. Love it. Uh, time for the number ones. My number one. <sighs> I have no. Hold on. Let me think about this for two <laughs> seconds. I can probably get it. My number one violates a very important rule in my life. Okay. I'm famously anti-biopic. My number one. As we have we have spoken about her at length already in this podcast is Kristen Stewart in Spencer. Oh wow! I really like this movie, and you know it's when you're playing someone this famous, I go Donna! <laughs> I go into the movie and the performance just being like, yeah, we all know what what she was like, and so there's a landmine, yeah. Yes, exactly. Tunnels, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but I was very, very, very impressed in the way that Kristen Stewart transcended what we already know about Diana to give a particular story uh, and, and to come across with this performance here. Just really like a nightmare style. Mm-hmm. It's almost a horror movie. Sure. In a horror movie performance that she's giving, but tying that into one of the most famous women of all time, yeah, I think it's a remarkable performance. I think it would be ridiculous if she doesn't get uh, truly a snub. No! If she doesn't get no- at least nominated the Oscars. I personally, obviously, I have her as my number one. I would, I would pick her to win Best Actress. Interesting that, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give something big away here, really big. She's not my number one. Kristen Stewart's not even in my list. Okay, that's fine. But I think going into this year, who would have thought that you would have Kristen Stewart number? I mean, to look at these lists, Kristen Stewart, Spencer, number one, well, that's Daniel's list. Yeah. Interesting how the tides have turned. I think that she is fantastic in the movie. Fantastic. She did not crack the top ten. For me however sure obviously fully support the oscar nomination she deserves it she needs it ladies and gentlemen it is now that time oh boy my number one freshly popped top 10 performance of the year 2021 comes from a man who prior to this year oh I, fuck oh no you forgot somebody i think who you're talking about no. Continue. Let me start by this. It's not a movie you've seen. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I realized that I on my initial, Who are you thinking of? The guy from uh T Tank. Oh, I, sure. Was <laughs> Vincent Lindone? Yeah. yeah. He, he was supposed to be on my list and I was just looking at my extended list and realized I forgot to put him in. It's all right. Whatever. Uh but if you had picked him on number one, I was gonna be like, Oh shit. No, oh, not, I meant no, to have him. not number one, not number okay, one. Okay, okay. Not at all, actually. Uh, my number one pick on this list for my favorite performance of the year 2021 is Simon Rex. Oh, right, 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 right. 
a movie that I quite loved, but really, again, it's all about this performance from Simon Rex. We've talked about him a bit on the podcast before. Former MTV VJ plays this uh, former, not even former, but porn star who uh, who goes back to uh, to where he used to live, sort of down on his luck, falls in love, and it's this sort of dirty, maniacal, greasy movie. And he gives a performance that I think is just phenomenal. It is, he just, he's so natural. You believe every single thing that's coming out of his mouth. He's, he's perfect. It's the best performance of 2021. Love that. Uh, why hasn't he made real waves in the best actor race? <laughs> Small movie, underseen, nobody seeing it. Um, You know, I think maybe suffering from, like maybe, you know, our number one picks here might be suffering from the same affliction in the sense that I do worry that Kristen Stewart isn't quite taken seriously because of the twilight of it all. I don't know if that narrative really holds that much water, but... I think really for Red Rocket, it's just it's an underseen movie. Yeah. Okay. Basically, um, it's great. Red Rocket is <clears throat> unfortunately not available on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it'll be available somewhere soon. I sure hope so. Check it out. All right. So those are our freshly popped, freshly popped freshly top ten popped. performances of the year. Do you want to speed running through yours down real quick? Yeah, I would love to. Uh, okay, number ten. Uh, R.J. Seiler, The Harder They Fall. Number nine, Millicent Simmons, A Quieter Place. Number nine, Hidetoshi Nishijima, you Drive... You said number nine twice, but that's okay. I did? Yeah. Number nine, Millicent Simmons, A Quieter Place. Number eight... There you go. Hidetoshi Nishijima, Drive My Car. Number seven, Nicolas Cage, Pig. Number six, Jesse Buckley, The Lost Daughter. Number five, Woody Norman, Come On, Come On. Number eight, Benedict Cumberbatch, The Power of the Dog. Number three, Martha Plimpton, Mass. Number two, Ruth Nega, Passing. Number one, Simon Rex, Red Rocket. My number 10, Jude Hill, Belfast. Number 9, Jared Leto, House of Gucci. Number 8, Alana Haim, Licorice Pizza. Number 7, Ariana DeBose, West Side Story. Number 6, Ben Affleck, The Last Duel. Number 5, Harriet Samsung Harris, Licorice Pizza. Number 4, Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom. Number 3, Ana de Armas, No Time to Die. Number 2, Troy Kotzer, Coda. And number 1, Kristen Stewart, Spencer. Wow. No overlaps whatsoever. That's wild. We just gave you 20 performances. That's crazy. Wow. Not at all. Kristen, Kristen was obviously close for me. Yeah. Um, but that was probably the only one in year 10 that I considered for my 10. You didn't consider Jared? I mean, should we do worst performances next week? Because... Uh, worst performances. Move, look, can we move on? I, I'm going to get real mad. All right. <clears throat> well, now it's time for the main event. It's the main event of the evening. Eight hours into the podcast. Hour and a half. Now, we did the freshly popped performances. Yeah. Uh, the freshly topped. No. Freshly topped. Do we need a different name for the no. top ten movies? No. It's the freshly, it's the freshly popped top ten. 
top, top 10, 10 performances. Movies. Okay. It's a freshly popped top 10 movies. Okay, okay. Not at all. Uh, why don't you go first with Ooh. the top 10 movies of the okay, year? Okay, fun. I'm Same deal. We're going reverse order. I'm glad I get to go first. Yeah, I'm glad I get to go first. Uh, uh, a movie at number 10. The only movie that came out this year that I think I've seen three times. Three times. Number 10. Is Barb and Star ah. go to Vista Del Mar? Of course, from the geniuses, Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo, uh, who wrote this movie, wrote Bridesmaids, directed by uh, Josh Greenbaum, who did not direct Bridesmaids. And, uh, really, a very impressive job from him, Josh Greenbaum, who, like, to my knowledge up until this movie, was kind of just like a TV, like a sitcom director guy like directs the hell out of this movie the production design is phenomenal an absolutely incredible performance from jamie dornan who might have been 11 <laughs> on my performance list <laughs> he was great he's great this, this, this movie is delightful it is delightful is the right word it's so kooky and crazy it doesn't care i think the thing that i love most about it available on hulu uh Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo coming off Bridesmaids really could have done anything they wanted to do, right? They wrote this weird, wacky movie starring the two of them that has to do with spies and it, it's, it's... They kind of go all in on walls. like... Yeah. It's off the walls. It is right up my alley in terms of sense of humor. It is... I think it is so funny. It gets funnier every time I watch it. In the second half, it gets a little... It goes a little off the rails. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Like, this would be even higher, I think. if I don't know that it completely sticks the landing. Uh, if it did, it'd be higher. But to have it here in my top ten is a dream. It's, it's just great. I just... I love it. That's great. I saw it... Uh... I have absolutely no memory of what happens in the it's second half of the movie. I would watch it right now. But it was I remember enjoying it, getting yeah. a good laugh. Uh I like that's a good that's a good number ten pick where it's like Yeah, you know, a little less serious, more towards my personal taste. Sure. Uh in a similar vibe to that. Oh, God. Um <clears throat> you know Okay, I did not hate on your pick. You're welcome to. You're, oh, godding You're my welcome. pick that you haven't even heard yet. You're welcome to. This is a movie, number 10 of the Freshly Pop Top 10 Movies of the Year list. Uh, is it the 10th best movie of the year? Okay. You're Probably right not. Yeah, yeah. But it's, I found it delightful. It is my 10th favorite of the year. It is The Matrix Resurrections. <laughs> okay. This okay. was just delightful. Um. The Matrix sequels are a bit hit or miss. Uh huh. The Matrix two and three, whatever they're called, Resurrection. Know, the Matrix Reloaded. Reloaded and Revolutions. Reloaded is actually has has a lot of good moments. Uh, Revolutions is truly terrible. Okay. Uh, but Lana Wachowski came back mm -hmm. and made Resurrections, and it, they made this really interesting like. I, delightful is just the only way I can describe it. Where it's it's very meta at the beginning. Um, if you haven't seen it, you probably don't care as haven't. much by now. So haven't. this isn't really spoiling anything. But it's 
uh, Neo, Keanu Reeves is back sort of into the Matrix world. He doesn't, but he's kind of having visions. He something feels off. Uh, but he is now a video game designer. What? And he is the history of his character is that he designed the Matrix. Basically, the movie is now in his mind a video game that he designed, and it becomes this whole world, and it unravels as he again realizes he is in the Matrix and not in the Who real world. Who does Jonathan Groth play? He plays. Spoiler alert. Fast forward 10 seconds if you uh, are waiting to see The Matrix. Spoiler alert. He plays Agent You're already Smith. Tempted. You can't say fast forward 10 seconds. Fast forward 10 seconds. Fast forward 10 seconds. <laughs> if you don't want to know, he plays Agent Smith. <laughs> okay, well. Who's that? He was. He's the main bad guy in all The Matrix movies. Ooh, couldn't tell you. Sorry, Matrix blind spot. Hugo Weaving. Oh. Mr. Anderson. They couldn't get him? Uh, Is he passed... In real life, no. Okay, but this is he Samara's? Is he related to Samara? I don't know. Good question. I have no idea. Well, look that up right now. As you keep to talk about the Matrix for five more minutes, the Matrix Resurrections. I was just like, I I just bought into it, and it was a really fun movie theater experience. Um, You know, they brought back many of the original cast members, and by many a, were there more than two? Unclear. But. Uh, Jonathan Groff is a great addition. Yeah, okay. yeah. Abdul Mateen is a great addition. Uncle. Uncle. What? Oh, oh. I Hugo see. Weaving is Samara Weaving's uncle. Well, there you go. Uh, anyway, The Matrix Resurrections was great. Just okay. a great, like, random reboot of a, of a movie franchise that seemed long dead. And uh, Fair enough. I, I really enjoyed it. We'll never see it. Number nine, Baby, is a movie that I like to call, and I like to call it because it's its title, Bergman Island. Bergman Island? Yes. From writer-director Mia Hansen-Love, starring Tim Roth, Vicky Creeps, your girl. Oh, I love her. Cripes, Creeps. We've never quite landed on that. Phantom Thread. Another name I haven't quite landed on. Mia Vasakowska? Wasakowska. Wasa. Mia Vasakowska. Okay. How do we say it? I don't know. Wasakowska? I don't know. Okay. Um, this is a movie that I uh, I quite enjoyed. It. So Tim Roth and uh, Vicky Cripes Creeps play a. <laughs> Uh, married couple, this writer, uh, writer, director, sort of artistic couple. They go to uh, visit Bergman Island, where oh, Ing- the titular, the titular, yeah, where Ingmar Bergman uh, lived and filmed a bunch of his movies, and sort of these lines get blurred about reality and 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 film, and really, really enjoyed it. That was great. Okay. We're Not available on Netflix. I was about to ask if this movie is available to I read, stream. No, I did, unfortunately. This is go. a very underseen one. It hasn't got a lot of um, yeah. a lot of pub out there or a lot of play in theaters. Yeah, you know, it's one that only like, sort of like cinephiles know about. It's all, only wow. cinephiles know about this one, yeah. 
So did you like it or did you just put it on your list so you can say you saw it? It's both, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, number nine. <laughs> Good morning, Usnavi. It was a great year for musicals. 2021. It was maybe the worst of all time. I'm sorry, what? What? Great year for musicals. I sneezed. In the Heights, directed by John Chu. Sure. The Lin-Manuel Miranda musical mm-hmm. from his pre-Hamilton days. Oh, God. Another I one wish just... we could go back. I wish we could go back to Lin-Manuel Miranda's pre-Hamilton days. And preferably, preferably to before his parents conceived him. Oh, wow. Harsh. Harsh, harsh, harsh. Sorry. Lin-Manuel, if you're listening, I'm kidding. In the Heights is... Ooh, I'm so hungry. A fun time. It is in a year full of many um, deaths. Deaths, yes. A lot of serious stuff happening with the deaths. Yeah. A lot of movies that are real downers. You know, the mass of it all. Yeah. In the Heights is a breath of fresh. Don't Washington Heights air. Oh, I got real nervous there. I thought you were going to say air in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> if I knew what it was, that would have been great. Washington Heights. Uh, yes. We have a lot of good performances in this movie, including Anthony Ramos. I would say we have one. Leslie Grace, Melissa Barrera, among others. Sure. Jimmy Smits. Jimmy Smits, NYPD Blue Zone. Corey Hawkins. Didn't like that part at all. Yeah, he wasn't great. No. But In the Heights, really enjoyable. I really liked how they brought it to life. Um, it didn't feel like a stage yeah. show that they just kind of happened to make into a movie. I thought they they movieized it. I mean, one of our ret- this is like one of our return to theater movies, right? Yeah, one of the well, yeah one of the it was fun. One of the yeah. first ones. I, I I liked In the Heights quite a bit. Me too. I cried. I cry in most. Mo- I mean, I cry in movies I don't like. This is one that's pretty rewatchable as well. I watched part of it the other day. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I could see that. It uh, and it, it was. I was like, oh, it, honestly, rewatching it the other day made me think. Huh, I think I like this more than oh. more than I remember. And Henson makes the and list. It cracks number nine. Love it. I love it. That's the what's the one. That's the fun thing about these lists. How they're you know ever evolving. You know, well. So speaking of ever evolving, I, I would like to think that as hosts of this podcast, our thoughts on what makes a movie evolve. Over time. Oh, God. Um, Are you going to make me mad? What makes a movie? What isn't? What isn't? To me, a movie is a movie. It's what it makes you feel. If you do something dumb. Uh, Documentaries are movies. Number eight is a documentary called Procession, which is available on Netflix. Hey, guess what, folks? Do you like documentaries about sex abuse? No. It's on Netflix. Number eight, Procession. Documentaries are not movies. Did I put this on here just to sort of have this conversation? Eh, maybe a little bit. But if, if you put a documentary on your year-end top ten movies list. Well, I just did. It's a cry for help. Oh, this whole podcast is a cry for help. <laughs> have you listened? <laughs> I mean, hello? If, if documentaries were movies, we wouldn't have to call them documentaries. They would just be movies. You just called something a musical? 
Why don't you call it a movie? It's a movie musical. This is a documentary movie? No. No one's ever said that. That's not a phrase. Documentaries are long news packages. No. Absolutely incorrect. And actually, this one really is more movie than than most documentaries. Movie, I'm not anti-documentaries. I understand. I'm just anti-documentaries on your top ten movie list for two reasons. One, because the, to me they're a different thing. And two, the best documentary in a given year, there's no way it's one of the 20 best movies of the year. <laughs> okay. First of all, it's the eighth. It's never happened. It's the eighth. <laughs> Did you ever watch the one I, I was telling you to watch? We need to. There what are too is many. It? What is it called? I don't Documentary know from two years ago. Oh my god. Minding the gap. Minding the gap. My never favorite. Saw, never my watched. Favorite it. movie. Not a movie. Your favorite we, documentary. Hold on. We are we are having a night soon where we watch that. That movie. It's after we record this actually. Um. Oh my god. I'm so excited. No, we're doing that. Um. Procession. Okay. I I'm I I'm sympathetic to what you're saying. I just don't agree. Sure. Um. Procession is, and again, you just burnt that popcorn. <laughs> it's not freshly popped. I think you should it's burnt popped. Oh, that should oh burnt. Oh, that'll oh. be our worst. That's good. Burnt popcorn, half popped. No, burnt. I'm just thinking of other things. Oh, half is like yeah, I liked it. <laughs> should we do a list of our top ten? Yeah, it was fine. Number one of my half popped. Yeah, it was fine. The uh, French Dispatch. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, this, what Procession is doing is very cinematic. It's essentially, it is this movie about. Okay, Martin. What? Cinematic what? I said, okay, Martin. Scorsese. Does he like this film? No, he just likes to call things I think cinematic. Chris Martin. Or <laughs> What do you think Chris Martin's favorite film of the year is? Ooh. Um, Chris Martin feels like he would put... House of Gucci. <laughs> Paw Patrol, the movie. Ooh. Chris Martin has passing number one on his list. I'm sure he does. <laughs> Never seen it, but it's his number one. <laughs> Um, is he still dating Dakota Johnson? Anything this year? Oh, yeah, interesting. Are they still together? I don't know. They are, right? I don't know. Do you think Dakota and Gwyneth have each other's numbers? Yes. Yeah, for sure, right? This is a kids thing for sure. And they and yeah, and famously, Gwyneth and Chris are still friends. No, they they did they just consciously uncoupled. They can't. Yeah, it's like what did Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet say today? They're like having sex. <laughs> no, they're getting divorced, but they like. Uh, they used a phrase that was funny. Yes, yes. Hold on, I'm looking it up. Um, passing or passing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Procession is this uh, documentary about this group of men who are all sexually abused by priests in the Catholic Church uh, throughout uh, the United States. And what they do is they sort of dramatize... We are parting ways in marriage. We are parting ways in marriage. God. Getting famous really fucks with you, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like... I love this idea of, like... We're putting out, like, this, like, long-ass statement on Instagram. We're not putting this out there as if it is newsworthy. We are putting this out there because we could not live on our truth if we did not. It's like, <laughs> shut up! 
Uh, Procession is great. It, it, it dramatizes these men's experiences. And I know that sounds very heavy and dark and it is, but I think it's just remarkably done. And I think it's very, very good. And I would urge everybody to check it out, including you. Number eight. Were you ever an altar boy? No. You look like one. An altar boy? You look like one. You think I went to church as a kid? Literally never. Based on these choices? Literally Based on these choices? never. Based on these choices? Are altar boys, that's strictly Catholic, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I was not Catholic. Yeah. I was not eight. I think they're str- I don't know. I think they are. Right? I think so. Do other religions have altars? Unclear. What's an altar? I don't know. Our God is an awesome God here. <laughs> Number eight on the Freshly Pop Top 10 Movies of the Year list. It's The Tragedy of Macbeth. Oh, wow. Okay. Macbeth, famously one of my favorite Shakespeare's. <laughs> yeah. Because it's... Everybody knows that. <laughs> because it's about my people. I... Huh? I'm Scottish. Oh, not this again. I have many ancestors named Duncan. The king's name is Duncan in Macbeth. So this is why you liked it? I don't think I've seen any Macbeths in my family tree. I hate when people say... And this is the thing in, like, sports broadcasting. I hate when people are like, you know, uh, t- Tommy Jones over here who famously went to college at Villanova or something. It's like, I don't love say that. famously. No, I love that. Don't, shut up. I don't know where he went to school. That's great. Who famously is the grandson of Peter Parker. <laughs> I don't know that. Don't Peter, make me feel Peter Parker's dumb. a grandfather? Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, the Famously, Macbeth. Macbeth is one of your favorite Shakespeare's. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you know, it's about my people. Have we talked about this on the podcast yet? I don't think we have. And if we have, I don't care. Here we go again. Oh, the OK Go special. The what? The OK Go special. I'm not following. Here we go again. The treadmills. What's the connection? You said, I said, here we go again. Oh. And then I said the OK Go special, gotcha, gotcha. and then I said the tread. You should have said Mamma Mia. No. Here we go again. Yeah, I – thank you. Uh, uh, I, I got it. Can I resist? God, those movies are so good. Uh, what needs to We're be said We're going to watch about, that after reminding the guy. What needs to be said about Macbeth? Shakespeare movies can be annoying, and yeah, parts of this are annoying in just its Shakespeare-ishness. Shakespearean? Yes. Uh, but really, to sit in the movie theater and and just kind of soak this movie in hmm. is... Where would you get that idea from? No, you said wash over you. I said melt. <laughs> melt. Beautiful. It's Beautiful just, verbiage. It, it's, just an, it's just an experience. It I is. don't know if I'm going to revisit this movie many times. Um, not really a casual pop-in on the tragedy of Macbeth for ten minutes and no. keep it moving. Uh, but, but maybe in okay. theater, you know, great. Uh, there's obviously great performances. It's obviously really well directed by Joel Cohen this, for the first time without his brother. And this will be on or might be already. I don't even know. On Apple TV. Apple, yeah. Uh, we saw it in theaters because we care about film. <laughs> okay. Denzel obviously doing great work. I want to give a shout out to someone who nearly made my Ooh. top 10 performance list in a smaller role. But that is Catherine Hunter. Oh, yeah, baby. Who was just doing 
kind of crazy shit in this oh, movie. She's great. Playing multiple witches and doing weird body movements and bending and yeah. doing crazy stuff with her voice. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, all right. Good pick. Lots of murders. I enjoyed all the murders. Yeah. I like a movie about people going crazy. What was going on? This guy Shakespeare's head. <laughs> that guy seems all fucked up. Francis McDormand in, in Tragedy Macbeth. Thoughts? Better than Denzel. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. Interesting. Number seven on my freshly popped top ten movies of 2021. <laughs> oh, God. How many of these are there? There's too many animals. Would you spit it out? Lamb! Oh, oh, yeah, it's so easy to do. Oh, yours is so much worse. <laughs> you can't do a lamb. Try again. <laughs> oh, my God. That was really good. You sound like Ben Affleck coming. <laughs> Number seven. Benny comes. <laughs> Benny come. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. All right. So we're, we're clearly losing it here. We're eight well, hours in. Well, good thing we're only at number seven. Uh... Number seven is Lamb, uh, a movie starring Numi Rapace from director Valdemar Johansson. This Icelandic movie uh, about uh, this childless couple who uh, comes into possession of a, wait for it, half, <laughs> half baby, half lamb. Half baby? Well, it's a, yeah. Oh. I mean, it's, it's a lamb baby. And Lamb, to be clear, Lamb would have been number one on my performance list if that was allowed. I guess it could have been. Number one, Lamb. Hmm. Uh, Sorry. uh... Simon Rex. Thank you. (laughs) Passover by a Lamb again. Oh, do you think that's... That's what Miranda Lambert said when... Blake Shelton, Mary Gwen Stefani, passed over by a lamb. Okay, you're... Okay. I don't get it. People at home are laughing their asses <laughs> off. Love Angel Music, baby. Gwen Stefani's fans are lambs. They are? Meh! Awesome. Wait, wait, wait. Well, okay. Uh, lamb is number seven, a movie that I... I greatly enjoyed weird and campy and funny and dark and scary all at once it's it's i really really so your list so far yeah go on barb and star yeah what was nine bergman island bergman island some documentary no one's ever heard of and lamb that's your 10 through 7 yeah okay what's wrong with that i was just checking what do you have the matrix oh oh yeah in the heights the Tragedy of Macbeth. My number seven, one of the best picture frontrunners, is Belfast. Oh, boy. See, this is classic Daniel. Oh, here we go. No, here classic we go. No, Daniel. here we go. No, this is it. You've been waiting. No, no. Mo, lay it on me. Oh, God. You're too cool. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, you, you know what I love? This documentary about oh, I'm the sorry. Catholic you know what, Church. And- oh, you know what I loved? 
Oh, and yeah. Bergman Island. Oh, you know what? I love the coolest movie of all time, Barb and Star. Fuck you, <laughs> Belfast. Belfast is great. I've um, okay. Also, there's recorded history of us talking about Belfast. I thought Belfast was actually fine. Yeah, no. Okay. It's not one of the ten best movies of the year. Yeah, it certainly is number seven. Uh, Belfast. I'm looking at my list. Exactly, here. Belfast. Choo, what's no, I'm trying say? to see if it's B- Belfast. Is it the only movie that made me cry this year? Oh, I cry. Oh, and to be clear, Belfast made me cry. <laughs> I know that's why. I cry uh, in every movie. I cry in every movie. I'll find an excuse to cry in I'm every movie. I might have cried in some others, but <clears throat> you cried in more movies. Oh, than, oh I just my realized God. I have back break. I have back to back black and white movies on my list here. Well, every other movie this year is in black know, and white, so it's, it's hard it's to avoid. Just... Uh, anyway, Belfast has been talked about plenty. Great performances across the board. Really, uh, my boy Jude Hill made my list. Okay, careful. It's gonna be on a list. Uh, Jamie Dornan, Judy oh. Dench, Syrian Hines, Katrina. How do you say her name? Katrina. It's Katrina. Why is it spelled Katriona? Because she's not from here. Where's she from? Dublin. Yeah. What do you mean? Did you see the film? Well, I didn't know she was from Dublin. Well, Arl. damn it! I just realized I put the the Northern Ireland movie over the Scotland movie. My people are <laughs> my people are not going to be pleased. <laughs> the Cold War. <laughs> uh, anyway, Belfast, good stuff. Uh, really, really. Uh, Do you think I worry that people listen to what I'm saying on here and they think I'm being serious? Yeah, good cover. Because I know the Cold War was between Russia and Italy. Number six. Burr. It's cold and oh god, Kirsten. Um, you know, Kirsten. Didn't make our list, did she? No. She was close. She was she was maybe twelve for me. Here, I thought she was here, good. No, you know what? I'm sorry. I I didn't blow me away. I before we went on here, I said to you, what was the one rule I had? We don't talk about our backups. <laughs> true, true. And there I am saying, okay, Keep so my moving. twelve. Six. What's your six? Uh, my number six is a film called Spencer. Oh, a film that we talked about uh, at length earlier. Kristen Stewart, obviously playing Princess Diana. Directed by Pablo Lorraine, it's ju- it's great. It is it is my it's just my candy. Like a movie like that, just it's it is for me. Love Spencer. It's great. Number six. Okay, we're keeping it keeping it. Well, we 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 yeah, sure, 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 sure. wax poetically. Number six for me. <clears throat> you get this little smile on your face every time you're about to see your movie because I know each one of these picks is meant to annoy me. No, that's not true. Number six, six is Dune. Okay, well, not not annoying me. Dune, really the only kind of massive scope, giant production style movie that I really loved this year, unless you consider the Matrix Resurrection. Yeah, didn't you put the Matrix at number 10? Well, different thing. Okay, fair enough. Dune is... So Eternals isn't on your list? Eternals did not make it. No, I'm sorry. Okay. It's my number one. Dune might have been higher on my list had it been kind of standalone. Better. As, yeah, as, better. Uh, yeah, if, if it was a little better, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck was that? That's the voice. Oh. What is it? Oh, I don't know. I like the voice. 
Who your favorite judge? Pass me the water. <laughs> um, I'm a John Legend guy. What? Don't you? Fu- I'm a John Legend guy. What did you say before that? Wait, why were you laughing? What did you say? Who's your favorite judge? Judge. You said I love the voice. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were just What doing, were you laughing about? I thought you were just doing weird voice again. <clears throat> what is the voice from Dune? I can't remember. Rebecca Ferguson does... <laughs> <laughs> what did she do? I can't remember. I, I don't know. It's just a crazy voice. Find it. Well, I gotta find it, obviously. Um, Dune. You gotta find out. Dune, uh, I, I wish Dune wasn't so clearly a part one and they had kind of told a sure. full story on its own. And then, sure. you know, if you want to do a sequel, do a sequel. But I really enjoyed Dune. Obviously, across the board, the technical aspects are a home run. I think the cast is great. I think the world building is great. Oh, my God, his phone There's Timothy. He doesn't want to use the voice. He's staring at his mother. Atreus. Wait, wait. No hit. What's his name? Oh, yeah. Remember, his name's Paul. Why aren't you playing it? I am. They're just not talking. How long is the clip? Hold on. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. God, the most movie's so long. Why is this scene so long? Do you want me to play it on mine? I, shut up. Oh no! It's a joke video! <laughs> <laughs> they went to Michael J. Fox. <laughs> oh god damn it, I just tried to play right now as an ad. That's fine. Oh wait, this isn't what I wanted anyway. Oh, I could have clicked on any of these. A Verbo ad? Is it Verbo or VRBO? <laughs> That's enough of this. Whatever. Dune is cool. I'm into sci-fi weird shit with cool world building. I'm into weird shit. On a giant I'm a scope. nerd. Yeah, I'm a nerd. I'm into weird shit. God. All right. What's your number five? I'm ready to just uh, plow through the rest of this list? Oh, God. Speaking of things I'm willing to plow through. <laughs> uh, talked about it earlier. My number five uh, from director Sean Baker. It's Red Rocket. At number five, starring the aforementioned Simon Rex, who gives the best performance of the year. I just, it's just great. It worked for me on every single level. Um, Red Rocket, number five. Seek it out. What are you doing over there? I get nervous when you're typing. Sean Baker? Is that right? What, what else would it be? For some reason, I thought his name was something different. Well, hey, guess what? It's not. All right. Red, Red Rocket. Rocket, number five. A movie you haven't seen. So it's... it. It. I feel like if if you amended your list after having seen it, I feel like it would pop up for you. Oh. I, it just it just feels like a movie that... I'd be into. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I, it's, it's very high on my need to see from this past year list. For sure. My number five... A movie uh, that's come up already. 
in my performance list, but it is Tick, Tick, Boom. Two musicals on my top ten this year. If we're going to talk Spoiler about... Spoiler alert, West Side Story is not on there, so there will not hey, be three. On. You want to see something? Hold on. Neither is Encanto. Hold on. That was good. It, unfortunately, we're doing a podcast. Oh, fuck. You're right. They couldn't see it. Why didn't you sing the song that was going along? Couldn't tell you the words. <laughs> couldn't tell you the words of that track, unfortunately. <laughs> We've talked about Andrew Garfield, and and rightfully so. Tick, Tick, Boom, a movie that I did not want to like. I did. Vanessa Hudgens. Can we just let's just touch down briefly? That scene. What is the song called? Which the the song? Andrew and Vanessa. I don't know. Okay. The song. I mean, I to do all the work. Which one? What are you talking about? What? I'm sure. There's one. She sings the whole movie. Oh, my. You know what I'm talking about. The one that he's writing the whole movie and then eventually he writes? No. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? This. They have a song that they sing together. It's the best part of the movie. What are you talking about? They sing like five songs together. Oh my god, it's called therapy. Jesus Christ. What are you talking about? What did you think I was just doing right then? Can you play it? Because your phone makes more noise. (laughs) Available on Netflix. Thank you. I promise this scene is better than what this sounds like. Because this sounds like every, like, cast party I went to after a show. This wasn't standout for me. Oh. That's why I wasn't connecting what you were calling This is it. This is cinema to me. Look at her. I was afraid that you'd be afraid if I told you that I was afraid of intimacy. They're so good in this. It's all about the head movement. You have to see the film. God bless Vanessa Hudgens. Literally, the two of them sing every song together in this movie. They... Okay, like, whatever. You don't... I'm telling you... This is the one that he's trying to write, and then he adds in. I've seen the film. He doesn't sing this song. I know. That's what I'm saying! The previous song he does. This one. Swimming. They both sing it. It's so hard to talk to somebody who doesn't understand Louder things. than words. They both sing it. But it's not a duet. If you were to ask anybody who has seen this movie, the Andrew Garfield and it's a Hudgens duet, there would be no debate about what song you're talking about. False. Oh, what are you talking about? False. Oh my god. Whatever. Where is this in your list? Five. Whatever. What's your four? Uh, number four. A movie that we have talked about already. No secret that I enjoy it. My, my number four, Freshly Popped. 
best movie of the year is Passing. Passing! Also available on Netflix. Thank you, Ted. <clears throat> All right. Um, yeah. I thought Passing was pretty good. I didn't love it nearly as much as you do. Yeah. Uh, but I really like the ending. Great ending. Great ending. It's great. It, it's it's clearly well-made, well-acted, impressive debut film from one... Oh, let's see if we can get there. Star of the town, Rebecca Hall. Blake Lively. Oh. <laughs> the Blake Lively version of Passing. Oh, I did, I did think about putting uh, the Taylor Swift music video on my list, directed by Blake Lively. Oh, okay. What's it called? How can I remember what it's called? Uh, oh, my God. Um, Taylor's version. Well, God. I mean, yeah. the girl loves... Uh, Punctuation. Not as much as Spider Verse Part Two. Okay. Colon. Let's make another one. Passing splash. number four. My number four. I'd <clears throat> be interested to see if this is in your top three, but it's the Lost Daughter. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you right now, it's not. Oh, interesting. I thought you liked this more than that. I liked it quite a bit, but I, you know. There were ten others I liked more. Wow. What a year! What a Kathy year! Kathy would film. be proud. Kathy would be so proud of you having passed. Nobody above has Daughter. any idea what you're talking about when you say Kathy. Well, we already referenced her earlier. Good point. But. Everyone, follow Kathy Woods on Twitter. Uh, actually, don't block her. Um, Lost Daughter available on Netflix. Isn't it crazy how many of these you just watch at home? I know. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it's fun on one hand but like a little disconcerting it was like a joke at the beginning like oh you can watch it i'm like oh you can watch all these <laughs> um yeah, but it's cool at the same time lost daughter we've spoken about it already you know movie about a doll movie about a doll and fruit 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 the fruit fruit doesn't play that big a role oh sure it does it goes bad true a movie about fruit and dolls. Olivia Coleman's the lead here. She's obviously always great. Phenomenal. You know, when you are when you're on vacation. Never been. And you're by yourself, sitting on a beach. Would never do that. And then a whole annoying family shows up. <laughs> That's the crux of this whole movie. <laughs> That's what it's all about, baby. Do you know the actress that plays the woman from that family who's not Dakota Johnson, the one that like, like the matriarch. Yeah. Do you know that she also plays uh like Waystar Waystar Royko's like publicist on succession? Really? Yes. Did I realize that? Publicist is not the right word. It might be, but let me look up some pics. Lost Daughters movie I liked uh, a lot, almost almost made the top ten, but uh, just missed out. Okay, I think it's a great movie. What's your number three? Number three. Did you forget? No, I'm looking. At, I was waiting for you. Number three. Uh, yeah, come on, come on, come on. That is how. We get the title in the movie. Uh, 
Number three is Come On, Come On, the aforementioned Mike Mills movie starring Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, freshly popped top ten performance winner Woody Norman, Gabby Hoffman, another another movie in black and white. Uh, and I have, I have back-to-back, too, because I had passing at four. Um, Ugh. It's a it's it it hits every single note that I want a movie to hit. It is it's sentimental. It it the screenplay is great. It it's it's fantastic. I just it's it's a movie for me. I loved it so much. Come on, come on, come on, come on. The third best movie of the year. No, the third best movie of the year is Coda. Oh, I was wondering where this was going. Coda's number three. We talked about it already. Uh, the lead performance by Der- oh Amelia Jones. Thank you. Almost made my top ten performance list. You no, know, I had her too. I I think that she is. I think that she's really really good in that movie. Me too. I mean, um, speaking of movies that made me cry. Yeah. So that, this is the one that where I was like, oh wait, no, this one did too. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Available on Apple TV. Thank you, uh, Steve Jobs. Look, and he lists Steve Jobs listens. If you set your movie in Massachusetts, well, it's going to make my freshly popped top ten of the well, year. Well, come on, come on. Uh, partially takes place in Detroit, which I did not know until I saw the movie. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I thought it took place in L.A. Okay, so it, the movie actually is movies can happen in different cities, so it hopped around. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go see Coda if you have not. Go by go see. I have I some mean, bad news. Seek I out. hope you mean go to your couch because I do. Yes. No, for sure. If you have Apple TV, it's there and and uh, watch it. It's like I I think we talked about it. I think on the show when it came out or whatever. For me, I really liked it. It's a little. I think it plays into some of these like tropes a little bit. Like it it is it's saccharine in in a way that I respond to, but it's a little. Be a little heavy-handed in the way that it does it. I I understand. That. I love it. Yeah, but I also recognize that it's maybe not like the ultimate uh, trait of a, of a of a great film. Like it plays into the emotions that I'm are always like bubbling on the surface. But like, right, right, it does it in a way that like it knows what it's doing. But yes. It's a little, but manipul- it hits all it's those... a little manipulative in that sense. Yes, but it hits it, those. But beats. it works well. It hits so those it, beats. Um, I'm fine with. It. Uh, that's my number three. Your number two. Number two is something that I would never let you do. My number two is drive my car. <laughs> now, drive my car came up on the performance list. Drive my car has come up on this podcast before. I think Drive My Car is the three-hour epic um, that I really, really, really liked, obviously. Uh, it's, you know, complained about lengths on this mo- on this podcast quite a bit. It's a movie that I think earns its length. Uh, you know, the, the lead performance uh, from Hidetoshi Nishijima, who was on the... So- you learned how to pronounce his name, and so you're making sure to say it as many times as possible. Excuse me? To justify that work you put in. What? You heard me. How many? Oh, I'm sorry. I learned how to say it? 
Yeah, you like looked it up, you studied the pronunciation, and now you're like, I'm gonna say it as many times Hidetoshi as I possibly Nishijima? can. <laughs> what is it again? Hidetoshi Nishijima. Gotcha. Uh, so it's about him. Uh, he plays this writer. It's hard. To, it's a hard movie to talk about without giving too much away. Yeah, I don't want you to say anything. Actually. Yeah, it's just, it's great. Um, I think. Uh, I don't know. I, I I hope it has an outside shot of a Best Picture nomination. That feels pretty unlikely, but certainly one of the front runner or I the front runner for uh, what are we calling non English language film? Is that what it is now? Is that what it's called? It's no. not foreign language film anymore. It's best international international feature. feature. Thank you. Um, I think should probably take that. It's it's great and like um, all right. This is a not a joke question. Okay. Does the title reference anything to the Beatles, or is it... No. Okay. Not at all. I was just curious if, like... Not at all. That's his favorite song or something. I think the great thing... Because I I am hesitant to say anything about it, because I didn't know much going in, and that is always such a pleasure. Like, we get beat over the head so many times with these trailers, and, like, it feels like we've seen the movie before. Cyrano! Yeah, right. The Cyrano of it all. I'm Cyrano de Bergerac. Oh, that's where the title comes from. Yeah, it's his name. Oh, interesting. Um, it, well, S- Cyrano, I think I'm in love. Well, it's interesting that he's called Cyrano, and that guy can't see anything. What? He can't see anything. Oh, because he's short? Yeah. <laughs> Cyrano? We're like, see it? No. <laughs> oh, probably shouldn't be doing that. Anyway, what was I saying? Uh... I, oh, drive my car. <laughs> you want me to die? I've seen that thing. <laughs> when are you getting your car fixed? It's It fixes itself. Oh, yeah. It has its own immune why, system. I mean, this really is... Why aren't you getting a new car? I'll get one when I need one. Okay, fine. Number two! Oh, your turn. Sorry. On my... See, this... Okay, so I know... I know you're one. I don't... I don't know you're two. On the freshly popped top ten movies Wait, of the what year... what is this going to be? Number <gasps> two... Could it be? Is Cry Macho. Okay. Just kidding. Number two is Spencer. Ah! Okay, of course. Where do you have it on yours? Spencer's my number six. Six. Our only overlap, right? I believe... That's of of movies and performances. Wow, interesting. Huh. Uh, Spencer, we've talked about eight million times already, and but it's never enough. Never enough. Never, never. Nope. Don't know it. It's from The Greatest Showman. Well, there you go. Which had it come out in 2021, <laughs> would have been number two on my list. What uh... a what a movie. Yeah, never seen it. That that has to be. I mean, once we get into like the doldrums of, you know, post Oscars, you you got to make me watch it. Oh, that'll be our next movie. Gladly, swap. that'll be our next movie swap. I'll watch that. I'll make you watch. Drive my car. <laughs> I'll watch Minding the Gap. <gasps> yeah. Wait. Absolutely genius idea, <laughs> best idea you've ever had. I mean, Thank we are know. watching it tonight after the episode. Uh, Spencer, listen, great pick at number two. Love it, 
Love it, love it, love it. So I think if you listen to this podcast, I think you probably know where each of us are about to go. For I have number. no idea where you're going. If you take three seconds. I'm just kidding. I know where you're going. Um, I think you know. But I think in essence, and not to be like too dramatic about it, but I think what makes it fun is that each of our favorite movies of the year yes. were probably nowhere near each other's top ten. Correct. And here we are. Here we are. Okay, stop singing from The Greatest Showman. I, I, <laughs> who sings that one? That's not from The Greatest Showman. What's that? Dave Matthews Band. Face to face. What's that movie? Movie. Song? What? Here we are face to face. That's a lyric. Hang on. Here we Stand by. Face to face. Seal. It's Gloria Estefan. The Gin Blossoms. It's Gloria oh. Estefan. Okay. But, uh, okay, so my number one is, of course, <laughs> please, <laughs> please stop. My number one film on the Freshly Pop Top 10 Films of 2021 is, of course, baby, The Power of the Dog. Mine is Licorice Pizza. Correct. And these are two movies we saw together and two movies that we had, like, very honest conversations after and I do think it is fun that the two of us are kind of uh, so distant on these. Yeah, we but we came out of each of those movies. Be- well, because c- like I don't like licorice pizza. I don't hate licorice pizza. I think it's it just wasn't my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, and I think maybe you would feel the same way about Part of the Dog. Yeah, um, I, I just wasn't really that into it. Um, it's one that I feel like I want to revisit just to like kind of make sure. Yeah, I would urge that actually. We, it's not we should, one we'll that amend I like, this list next week after you've seen it again. It's not really one that I want to watch again oh, coming out of it. I but you right now. We're going to do that next. But sometime before the Oscars, I would like to yeah. uh, revisit it just to kind of make sure, you know, I feel the the right way sure about it sure and we'll see what happens okay um to sorry uh, go ahead with your with power of the dog well no i it's 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 my favorite movie of the year i it i think it i mean the performances alone i mean we we talked about benedict but like kirsten dunst jesse plemons cody smith mcphee are like all just knocking it out of the park i think it is i think it's a tremendously made movie and i said this when i think i said this on the power of the dog episode when we talked about it i said like for me in the moment even it felt like an era defining movie for me like i'll look back on this sort of like five ten year whatever run of movies and and point to that as one that sort of defines that era and i stand by that like i i I truly think it's like an incredible movie and it's (laughs) it's a netflix (laughs) Uh, certainly impeccable, impeccably made. It has a look, a point of view, a vision. Um, I just wasn't as into it as you were. Fair enough. Uh, performance-wise, I love Jesse Plemons. He didn't really do it for me in this movie. Sure. The other three main cast members, I thought all were quite good. Fair. But I just 
yeah, just didn't didn't quite connect with it on okay, fair enough on its high level. Licorice Pizza, on the other hand, uh, easily in its own tier for me in terms of this That's, year's movies. That is wild. I could have ranked two through you know seven or whatever in in kind of any order, sure. Uh, but you know I, I shuffled those around quite a bit, but. Number one was never in doubt. It's the only movie that I really, really love, loved this year. I think it's far and away the best movie. Uh, I could have put like four or five performances on my top ten list. I put two on there. Yeah. No, I'm not sorry. I'm not, you, you were respectful. No, no, I'm, I'm thinking of the other. No, I, I, no I'm, but not, I was offe- being I'm not offended by your No, I was being mean. You were respectful when I was talking about ruff, ruff. Um, you know, obviously, Paul Thomas Anderson movie has a certain inherent quality to it. Well, one would argue that's why this one missed the mark, but, you know. Well, that's foolish. Uh, Just a real, you know, just a real vibe to this movie that... A real vibe, yeah. Super into... Yeah, fair enough. It, it, I think it it wasn't my thing necessarily. I get that it is for some people, and I think you know that's what makes movies great. You know, wow, look at that! After all this yelling <laughs> and arguing and threats, and here we are. You know, threats. The real movies were the friends we made along the way. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any twenty twenty two movies New Year's resolutions? I have one. Twenty twenty two movies New Year's. Re- oh, okay. Um, more what? Sour Patch Kids. Oh my God, that's good. So you're talking at the movies. Leaning uh, into candy. Leaning into candy. Leaning into candy. Leaning into candy. I think. Wait. I. Leaning. Can I say this? Hold on. I'm gonna candy. say something. I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna get hate mail. And you're going to be the maddest of them all. <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to say this. What are you doing? What are you What are you about to do right now? I think I have to lay off the popcorn a <laughs> little bit. Are you talking just at the movies or in general in your life? Well, no. <laughs> I did make us some that we ate at home before we <laughs> recorded this. I can't be eating a medium popcorn by myself every time I go to the movies anymore. <laughs> That's like three medium popcorns a week. I and I'm eating that in addition. Like I'll eat that and then go home and have a meal. Like it's. I think I gotta lay off the popcorn a bit. I think the popcorn has to become. I have to do a small. I've been doing the small. Small is a nice. It's a nice amount. I have to go small. Leaves you almost wanting a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The That's of, my. That's it. That's the, where the we're amount going. of movie small. theater snacks money i spent in 2021 oh my god it's alarming i mean was it in the I mean, millions I... how many hot dogs did i eat at the landmark 75 <laughs> <laughs> oh also my, another one is i want to eat the vegan bratwurst oh, that's a good <laughs> at one. landmark yeah. that's a resolution as well i i, I need to expand my my yeah movie theater cuz I, I have my favorites do you know what it is though i need to mix it up a little and it's about it's about just sneaking food in. It's about bringing your own shit. Like, it's so much... Like, 
I just want to bring stuff that from it's home. just not for me. I know. Like, I'm not going to go to the store and buy candy to bring to the movie. I would rather no, pay ten well, times as much at the concession well, store. Well, you're richer than Plus, I'm trying mo- to keep movie theaters alive. Richer than and they, that's where they oh, make God. their real money. If I pay $18 for a ticket, I'm not you know complaining about bringing a bag of pretzels. Well, $7 okay? Tuesdays at the Landmark. Oh, God bless. I mean, I haven't been to a theater in weeks. That was a Nightmare Alley I've last night. Seven bucks. Oh, yeah. Quickly, your Nightmare Alley thoughts. Oh. Uh, 30 seconds. Nightmare Alley, I enjoyed throughout. Okay, I thought great. it was uh, kind of right in the middle of the road, like a good movie. Uh, there was a moment 20, where, 21. Oh, God. Uh, it, was, it was kind of the epitome of fine. I enjoyed it. It was good. Uh, I liked it more than you, I guess. Okay. I thought it was, I thought it was quite good. I thought the, I thought Bradley Cooper is very good. Mm-hmm. I um, agree. I don't love it. I thought the, I thought everybody, I thought, I thought everybody was good. I thought I thought Kate Blanchett. I mean Tony. I mean I was about to say Kate Blanchett. I thought she the scenes with the two of them the the first few scenes of them in Kate Blanchett's office I think are great. Oh yeah. To me that was the best part of the movie. One more Tony. The first one more Tony. What? Oh Tony. wanted more Tony. Gotcha. That's what I that's what I say every time when Who's the Boss ends. I'm not sure the the rest of the performances really were slam dunks for me. Rooney Mara was a little sure. Oh, God, the most charismatic woman on earth. <laughs> Willem Dafoe was c- doing Rudy something. Mara, it's... the most charismatic woman. This, all right, here's my real take on Nightmare Alley. You had 30 seconds. It's been five minutes. I know, but now that I thought about it, I got, I got it. You want to join the circus? I had the same thought. It's a pretty basic movie with, like, where everyone is overqualified for the role they're in, and it makes it seem a little bit better than it is. Fair. Fair. Like, you know, Willem Dafoe and Tony Collette and Richard Jenkins are all playing, like, fairly small roles where they're just, like... Yeah, but I think it was with the assumption that it's, like, you know, it's Guillermo. You know, it's like... I, I think Oh, every- yeah. No, I know. But I, I just... I don't know. Uh, it's not. I, a, it felt like to me. It felt like everybody's having the time of their life. Yeah, no, I agree. This is not a criticism. I'm saying that elevated the movie. Oh, because it was such a almost ridiculous cast Fair. that each of these even small roles are. Yeah, like, I did stop oh, listening. That's... I stopped listening to what you were saying. Okay, well, poor for the course. Yeah. How, what's going on? What time is it? How uh, how far oh, into this podcast are we? Two and a half hours. Oh. We've got another 20 minutes, right? Oh, for sure. Okay. You got so, 10? <laughs> bottom 10 oh, performances. You do have a t- <laughs> you do, should we run through? You, Burnt popcorn of the you year. You do have a top. What would the worst... Hold on. I'm going to scroll through. As you're reading oh, off yeah, your top 10, I'm going to find the worst movie. Wait, I don't have a top 10. What are you talking about? Top 10 movies. Huh? Oh. Run through. I'm going to find the worst oh, movie. Number 10, uh, The Matrix Resurrections. Number 9, In the Heights. Number 8, The Tragedy of Macbeth. Number 7, Belfast. Number 6, Dune. Number five, tick, tick, boom. Number four, The Lost Daughter. Number three, Coda. Number two, Spencer. Number one, Licorice Pizza. The worst movie I saw this year might be Being the Ricardos. Uh, Also on that short list would be, oh no, it's got to be, I mean, Space Jam 
has to be up Space there. Jam is my in last place. I saw Snake Eyes, unfortunately. <laughs> that that's certainly near the top. Cry Macho. Malig- the, malignant. the cock from Cry Macho <laughs> made my top ten performances. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, hold on. Briefly, my top ten in reverse order. Where'd it go? Number ten. Barb and Star go to Barb Mr. Delmar. Barb. Star. Barb. Star. Are you more of a Barb or a Star? I knew it. Number 10. Barb and Star go to Vista Delmar. Number 9. Bergman Island. Number 8. Procession. Number 7. Lamb. Number 6. Dana! Spencer. Number five, Red Rocket. Number four, Passing. Number three, Come On, Come On. Number two, Drive My Car. Number one, The Power of the Dog. All right, here's my full extended list of things I no, gave consideration no, no, to. No, 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 no. We don't have it. time. We don't have time and nobody cares. Jungle Cruise. <laughs> oh, for your worst? No, no, this is my extended oh, sure. I gave consideration to list. Yeah, sure. Jungle Cruise is up there. Old, I mean, best theater experience of the year. Old, <laughs> probably right. Had to have been. Old was delightful. Oh, I'm getting kind of sad now. Why? We're putting a bow on the year. Well, not really. There's still the Oscars are in eight months, so yeah, we still have the. We've box. got time to we revisit. Still have, we still have the box office. I still have a bunch of movies to see. I'm, you know, it, All right, you're gonna have a, an entirely box new, office challenge is still going for you're gonna three have, months. You're gonna have an entirely new top ten list and days oh there you go i'll yeah. reveal it here we'll revamp on the popcorn boys okay bye everyone that's gonna do it for us here on the popcorn boys what you just what why are you we'll doing see you it next again? week don't go see scream <laughs> ah! good night bye